I mean, I've had people that are in the industry tell me, I just got these cartridges. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You work in this shit. Like, obviously, it's a slap in my fucking face. And you want me to be doing that too? Should I, like, play both sides of this fence? No, I'm playing this side because I fought for this side to be legal. I want to follow these rules. I want to be looked at in a good light. Welcome Far North Token. This is episode 162, December 1st, 2019, with your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. Today, part two with Sean Tacky. Whew. Longer episode than most, but it's chock full of information. You're going to walk away with this with so much knowledge that you didn't have before. Just current events, what's going on, the way testing happens, thoughts on black market. Black Market Lives Matter. The human experience, which leads to one of my good friends and all of our toker friends, Frank Turney, who is no longer with us. Going to miss him a lot. I'm going to do a show about him later. I'm not going to get bogged down in this right now. Too much to get to with Mr. Tacky and good titrations. But with Frank, he allowed me to be more than what I was. Thank you, Frank. We all learned something from you. Thank you to sponsors Alaskan Blooms. Chena Cannabis, Aurora Apothecary, Token Sponsors, Green Dreams Cultivation, Frizz and Farms. Thank you for helping to bring this show to the audience. Coming up on four years. Four years, Far North Tokers. Good one here. Let's get back. Part two, Sean Tacky. Good titrations. Come on down to Alaskan Blooms for the finest cannabis in Alaska. We've got deals going all week to show our appreciation to wonderful customers just like you. Firstly, all week long, if you spend 50 or more dollars, we'll take $5 off your purchase of our brand new Alaskan Blooms t-shirts. On Munchie Monday, we've got hard candies and gummies from Creative Confections in a wide variety of flavors for 25% off. On Tuesday, we've got a great deal on 1 gram distillate cartridges. Stop by and get 1 gram of Midnight Sun Special Caramelized Distillate at a regular price and get the second for just $50. Make sure you come in Wednesday and check out our selection of MJ Arsenal mini rigs. Collect them all because they're 30% off. Feeling parched? On Thirsty Thursday, we're selling six packs of Hashade for $100. On Fire Eater Friday, any product made by Fire Eater is 10% off. Whether it's marshmallows, hard candy, or soda, there's something to take care of that sweet tooth. Make sure to swing by on Shatterday and save 10% on your Shatter purchase. We've got stuff made from many of our own strains that you just gotta check out. Finally, CBD Sunday is the perfect time to try our wide assortment of CBD products. Purchase any CBD product and save 10%. We'll also take 20% off if you get two CBD products. Buy any three or more CBD products and we'll save you 30%. We can't wait to see you. 8 a.m. to midnight, 2443 Arvilla Street, Fairbanks, alaskanblooms.com. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. So where did I leave you off at? <laughs> I don't know. I know we were um, talking about pivoting the business. Oh, yeah, going into concentrates and, <laughs> and concentrates. And oh, stuff. you were talking about the uh, the conversion factor of cash. Oh, yeah, cash conversion, the cash cycle. Yeah, so the cash flow cycle aspect, I mean, it's just so much shorter. So you can, like, turn that stuff around a lot quicker. And given our business plan, the way we pitch everything to everybody, the whole thing was just, no, we're, like, as much as we can, everything is reinvestment, reinvestment, reinvestment. And so 
in the early stages of everything that we've been doing, it's just been, you know, buy more stuff to improve this company and just keep going, buy new assets, buy new equipment. You guys have the education theory and the practicality that a lot of these businesses don't have. Yeah. A lot of these businesses, when they start up, are starting up as um, entrepreneurs. Like a lot of them yeah. have done business um, face-to-face, yep. not on big scales, yeah. not dealing with taxes and uh, government entities. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of learning to that. I mean, even for us, I mean, even coming from an educated background and having like gone and like, oh, I know how you should account for these well, things. theory. And the theory, exactly. It's like, have I ever done it? No. Did I ever go and get business licenses for a myriad of other things or like jump through all these hoops? No. Nope. It's all a learning curve for a lot of people. Just learn how quickly can you adapt to it, you know? Sure. Some people pick it up quickly and they're like, oh, yep, these are all due. Or, hey, you don't pay here. Excise tax bill and now you're in an NOV and you quickly learn how you should be paying your excise taxes. And usually the ones that don't do it end up always paying it later on. Have you guys had an NOV? We have not had an NOV yet. Awesome. Yeah. That's a pretty good feeling, huh? Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, even if you're doing it right, you can still make a mistake or something happen that you don't quite yeah. know. Or... Yeah, exactly. There definitely is always that possibility. And, like, you, you never know. And you, you, random inspections and things like that nice. come up. Or, like, people, like, saying things. Like, I mean, we've had our own share of investigations and people have come and asked for stuff from us. But um, hasn't resulted in an NOV yet. As, a math, as no. a math guy, you can appreciate this. I had a, a, a math... Uh, a calculus teacher. He did not believe in giving 100% on tests. Oh. He said, if you got 100%, I did not ask you the right question. Yeah. Because there's no way you can be perfect. Yeah. And I, I I hated that, but I could really appreciate it. No, I totally appreciate that. Like People are always would, doing something wrong, and you get caught in the wrong okay. position. But yeah. Just who's it's, watching It's impossible right to be perfect on everything. I mean, that's one of the things that I... I appreciate from a taking uh, uh, exams and stuff in college, and like knowing that okay, when I whenever I was like taught you know to go take tests and things, like my mom was one of the advocates of like hey you know like you need a good breakfast before you go into like standardized tests and stuff like that. You should be prepared for them. Where'd she get that from? I don't know, man. She's just awesome in that way. I guess but did she have education she was, she, in her life? Yeah, or? she went to college too for a bit, but she never actually got a degree. She parents, finished. your grandparents, um, educators or anything? Nope. Oh, yeah. Awesome. She's, she's, she's like, yeah, she's good at school and likes learning and stuff like that. But anyway, she's always like, yeah, like always stick with your gut. You know, like you have a gut reaction to something. There's probably a good reason for it. Don't like sit there because you sit there, dwell and second guess yourself. Then you'll change away from a good answer to a wrong answer, possibly. Or you're just going to create more angst for yourself during the exam than if you just fucking are rolling along. So just sit there, pop, pop, pop. You get that or you don't. Like if I'm taking a test or something, you either you, I know the answer or if I don't, then I'm like, yeah, give it my best guess. Maybe I'll flag that one to come back to at the end or something. But A, you're not going to be perfect. And if you are, then you're just a freak of nature, which I can point to one of my little feathers in my cap. But second time I took my SAT, I got an 800 on my math. So I was pretty mm. jacked about that. But nice. this is the only time I've ever been like that perfect on a, a standardized test. Um, just didn't ask you the right question. That's right. Exactly. Because <laughs> there's going to be definitely stuff you don't know. I mean, there's always that. So. And but like, you were prepared enough on that day to get on day to pull it off. <laughs> Bullseye. I was super jazzed. But um, but the, but my point is that like yeah, I'm not going in there being like I'm going to make sure I got every test, every answer on this just absolutely correct. Like that's not how to go about living your life and stuff. And like for me, as um an accountant and like being an accountant that's not a partner 
accountant, but like being the peon accountant, you know, like, hey, I'm a staff accountant or a senior accountant. Your job is just to like whip out tax returns, whip out the job and get it done. They don't want, like the chances are, you're not going to be 100% perfect in every little piece of the thing that you did, but that's why you have them above you reviewing it. Partners go and review all your work. And so they are there to catch little small things that might have gotten by. Or like, hey, you actually didn't know about this law that makes this not okay or something. And so you, it's a learning thing, but then they're not doing the small, basic, technical things, which you should be able to knock out right away quickly. Mm-hmm. But you're only doing, they're doing the higher level thinking aspect of it and catching small little things. And so to me, that's always been the mindset. Like, hey, I'm not trying to be 110% on all these things. I'm trying to do it timely and efficiently and as accurate as is reasonable. And it's what you do with a mistake too. Yeah. How you react to it. Yeah. And, and find out you did something wrong. Yeah. Own it. Fix you know? it. Go back and do it. Like I'll be the first one to tell you like, that's one thing I don't, I can't stand is when people try to tell you something like, 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 Oh, you ask them a question and they don't know the answer to it. But then they'll just sit there and like prattle on a long conversation about it. No, man, if I don't know it, I'll just tell you, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. Guess what? Google's right there. I'll find you the answer in a minute. <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm not going to try and be like, oh, yeah, I think I know this if I don't. Like, that's one thing that always gets me about some people in general is, like, they'll try to be blustery and they cannot eat the fact that they got to say, I don't know the answer. Well, in education, it's hard sometimes to yeah. admit you're wrong. Yeah. Because I think maybe in in harder many other areas because you're supposed to be right. Yeah. Well, and see, that's all the more reason that you should be able to say, I don't know. I know. Right? Rather than to being learn. like, I'm going to try and say that I do know and then give you a BS answer. And it's like, nah, that's not quite the best thing to do. Right. But anyhow. And you're coming from that numbers place. Yeah. That's my whole angle in life. Really. Do, you, do um, you have dreams about, do you have nightmares about numbers? Sometimes. I mean, not like like numbers coming to get you or something. But like no, I've had wrong. one. <laughs> I was wondering, in thinking about you being a numbers guy, you're the biggest numbers guy I've ever talked to. And I'm telling you, my brain thinks numbers. Yeah. And like, I remember driving down Cushman one time and seeing the lights turn green and thinking, there's got to be a pattern to this. How many seconds? And my brain started thinking about how many seconds between. And I'm like, stop. Like it just figures yeah. out problems. Well, yeah, and then they screwed it all up when they got it updated. And now First Avenue will turn red. Wrong to that. What's going on? Yes. <laughs> green, 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 green. Bam, red on first. You're like, oh, you just screwed up the whole system. Like, it was all time so that when right. you just flow right through the street, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing they had there. But because of the upgrade into that area, it's been changed. So, your so number like, dreams, your num- number nightmares are more. Kind of the post office feeling, like it never stops. Like you're always dealing with numbers, like it's always coming. More packages are always coming. More numbers are always coming. So it's an anxiety, like a it dream about it. It could be, yeah. Whenever it's a dream-related thing, it's an anxiety thing. It's like, like, oh, yeah, like I didn't meet this deadline. Or I didn't pay something in time. or like A deadline or de- issue. Deadline issues or like, yeah, things didn't add up for something. And it's like on me. And it's like, oh, yeah. But yeah, most of the time I'm, my dreams aren't related to numbers. <laughs> That's good. I think about a lot of other things too in my life. <laughs> well, and when you, yeah, a lot of conflict. A lot of conflict comes with starting a business. And the one that you guys were starting is definitely um, bringing a lot of conflict with it just from people just not liking you because you're doing a cannabis business. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing. Heck, even some family members don't like you because you're doing oh, really? a cannabis business. You have 
I, I feel like that. There's like, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go into too many details. Right, but no, but you feel like relationships. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. How some of them are super exciting. Like some family members in some gatherings, like people are like, "Oh, how's it going, dude? You're like revolutionizing this, and it's exciting." Like people are pumped about having conversations. Other ones are like, "Oh, wait, no, you're peddling drugs." You know? Wow. You know, that's their mentality. Is like you're you're just making us all more dumb. Like. Yeah, we allowed alcohol. Would you really think that's a good thing? Should we not have allowed alcohol? Maybe that should be illegal too. Oh, uh, so. like a really uh, <clears throat> like Mormon Victorian, <laughs> you know, like sober, you know, all the way kind of a mentality. Like shouldn't have anything that adulterates your mind. And so like, you get different angles of that. And so sometimes, yeah, there, there, uh, humans need to have that experience. Humans need to have a sober experience. But this human. Is not gonna have a sober experience. I'm gonna be driving through this life um, pretty much affected by things. Yeah, and, and there's caffeine, sugar. <laughs> exactly. And that's the other thing too. It's like you want to tell me, you know, oh, you're just like trying to peddle a drug. It's like, no, man, go look outside and see the line at sunrise in the morning. You want to talk about people that are addicted to shit? Caffeine kills more people. You know, people, more people die from eating too much toothpaste and drinking too much water. So, you want to go on that path, then yeah, 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 I might be able to chill you out and you're not all there or something, or, you know, you get an experience, but it's nothing, anything bad, and it's not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. You come back from it. And so, for me, I think people should try more things. I mean, I'm not here promoting illicit substances on a regular basis, but I'm definitely all about the mindset of expanding your mind. Like, why wouldn't you try these other things? You have one life to live on this planet. You Do you feel that? Whole- Do you feel that a human should have every experience possible? feel like you're welcome to try it if you want. I mean, yes, obviously, like, 100%. not murdering another human. <laughs> like, like experiences. But, I mean, like, you should definitely, like, life is built on experiences. All the joys and and memories and things that you have. It's like, it's not money. It's not, like, getting all this. It's experiencing things. So, like, for me, I even, like, here and there, I'll splurge on myself to go and have, like, a really fancy dinner somewhere. Like, you know, not in Fairbanks. <laughs> There's nothing like what I'm trying to compare in Fairbanks. But what I'm talking about is, like, when you go to, like, you know, Las Vegas or go to, like, Santa Monica or other places like that where they have, like, super high-end restaurant where you're going to be dropping $1,000 on your right. dinner bill. And it's, like, next level. I've never had food like that. And it was, like, those are kind of experiences, like, traveling, seeing the world. So there's that aspect of experiencing everything. But then also the whole mindset of, like, wait, where are all these other mind-altering substances? Like, you know, cannabis has been around for so long as a medicine. And then there's so many other things where, you know, like you could listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, for instance, and other people like DMT and they think Egyptians were onto something else. Like there's whole other experiences that we can't even explain or know. Right. Because of, you know, DMT and things alter your perception of reality and what's really going on. And so like... Have you tried DMT? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I never have. It's it's one of the ones that I feel, um, I know I'll come back from everything. I've done a lot of research on it, looked at it, and um, is it 30 seconds of Crystal Elves? It's intense as fuck. I mean, I'll I'll do it again in a heartbeat if I have it again. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, for sure. It is a great experience, without a doubt. And that's another thing. Everyone should try that. If if you've consumed, you know... Psilocybin mushrooms, you've consumed LSD, or you've consumed other hallucinogens or something. This is a walk in the park. Really? It, you're I heard it was not a walk in the park. It, it depends on what you're getting, I guess. But like what, and what your previous experience, experience was. Yeah, I mean, the, the few times that I've done it, and you're going to have like 
whole world's going to shift around you. Everything's going to change. You're For a whole, brief amount of time. Brief. Like, but it talking, feels like years talking or like a couple minutes. And it never felt like years to me. It felt like a, while, a little while, like, you know, maybe 15 minutes or 20 minutes or something. But it was really only like 45 seconds or a minute and a half or something small. Right. And you just like have this and then like you come back to and you're like, whoa, like that was trippy. Like, why did my mind think about all these things and like what you saw? What, what did you bring back from that? Do you have any, any, I'm not, any no, wisdom you can bring back I have back like from some it? crazy hallucinogenic wisdom that I've like suddenly seen into my. Did you see forms? Life. Like, were there entities there? <laughs> no, no forms. Okay. I saw cartoons. Like, okay. Yeah. I've heard like crystal elves I've heard explained by Terrence McKenna. Huh. Yeah, I mean, maybe from some people, but like for me, it wasn't. I mean, you said it, cartoons, it, though. Yeah, cartoons. Like, so I happened to like have figures. Simpsons on oh, okay. right before I had done it. So, like, and then like everything in my area went cartoon mode. Simpsons like, mode. Simpsons kind of style and color uh-huh, of all like the areas Matt that I was around, and I was like, whoa! And then, and then you just it's gone after that, and you're going in more intense experience after that, and then you come back to, and everything's just like you feel good, and you feel. I don't know how to explain it. Just like calmed and ease at ease, and you're, like you're sober now, like everything feels fine. But like you just have this like floaty, airy feeling. I, it's, just, it's a crazy experience that <laughs> it all. I always feel like less stressed and more relieved after that. It's just it's an, an, a very intense experience, and it's I heard it's worth it. Um, I feel one day I I, I need to experience that. To our ideas of uh, we need to. Ex- I do not believe that. Mid token needs to experience everything. Yeah, you don't have to. No, yeah. um, and I mean, in but I believe I can choose. I should be able to choose which experiences yes. I have. Exactly. That's what. And yeah. I shouldn't feel like I have to to be a human to experience this. Or, but I, you know what? I think there are some things, and we're getting far off. Yeah, we are getting far off. But <laughs> there are some experiences that you have to have to be a human. Okay. Sex. I think sex is an experience that you need to have to be a human. I absolutely agree. I do not think you can go through life as a human and not experience that. Yeah. Um, really sad life. Beyond that, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Terrence McKenna said the hallucinogenic experience is every human needs to have that. Yep. No, I wouldn't say that. I'm not putting that like where you have to go and do that. Like you can totally live your life. Like it's like. It's like the Matrix, right? I mean, yes. So in a way, it's like, yeah, you could be, like, the ignorance is bliss in that conversation, right? You want to be able to eat the steak and enjoy the steak because, you know, it's a steak in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, hey, I'm sober. Like, this is the, the constructs of physics and society, and this is how I want to live. I don't want, supposed to I don't want my, my shit shaken up. But if you do want to see other things and see you have your shit shaken up and taking the other pill, then you have that avenue. You should be able to experience it. But yeah, I mean, human experience, to have a human experience, yeah, everyone should have a few things. You should feel hunger, too. Yeah, that's a good fact. You should feel hunger. You you need to. Like, if you don't, then you just had your ass pampered way too well. Where's, the, where's the furthest your hunger is gone? <clears throat> furthest off my hunger is gone? Yeah. To where it goes away, I mean. You know, well, no, I mean, what you you said to experience hunger. To experience hunger. How I mean, far has like, your experience with hunger been? Oh. I mean, not bad, actually. Yeah, I mean, really, it's, 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 yeah, exactly. I mean, 
I've had it to, like so. I mean, other than subjecting myself intentionally to it, I've never been like, oh, I can't get food. Like I've always been able to. Like no matter being a poor college student, being like, right. no, I don't need help from you, mom and dad. I can get ramen noodles and like, sure. eggs all day long. <laughs> a couple dollars and I got meals. Yeah, you can. You're not going to have that kind of an issue. But like when you self-subject yourself to it, you learn something about yourself. You know. So, but like, then there's people in our human experience that are living next to us that have experienced hunger in a much drastic deeper way. Yep. or um, or more, more scary way and yeah it's, it's more like, conflict revolve like, around it because yeah more conflict i mean the fact that like i mean there's kids in even our own community that go home and they don't get a meal yet until they come back to school the next day yeah and so it's like those kind of things like yeah you need to understand what it is like to feel that and so I so mean, honestly, you yeah so you can you can have a, know what other people are going through a, a relate yeah and relate a little bit and cold so we need to feel those biological things. Exactly. What did I say? Sex. You said sex. So yeah, that's biological. Is, that's a huge one. That's a one high on my list as well. Sex, feeling of like affection and love for somebody. Yeah, wanting. Like, the, the desire to be like, I want to be around somebody. To me, like a companionship angle. Like humans, we have this angle like you have to. Like the lack of touch is actually <laughs> child abuse. So like having that, we're all connected and interconnected a lot. So, like, people are naturally in desire to, like, go off and be alone. It's like, dude, I don't know, man. Throw, how do you do that? <laughs> like, you're like, it's really hard to live by yourself. It would be. No, like, I, during one of my trips, one of my furthest ones that I think that explained a lot to me, I thought of God and thinking of that if God is real, he had to have created man just so he can say, did you see that shit? <laughs> Did you see that? What I just did? What happened there? Oh. If you were the only being in the universe, how oh, fucking lonely, right? To just be completely omniscient of everything that's ever going to happen and have no conflict, have yeah. no um, what if, no yeah. question. Let's create something that does. Yep. And that could just be like, oh man. So that that's been my understanding of what uh, what a god is, and through tripping, I've. That's your tripping has derivation. Yeah, nice. That uh, yeah. Just did you see that? Yeah, that humans are good. definitely a good spectacle. That's for sure. What's that? So humans are definitely a good spectacle. That's for sure. Yeah, we entertain each other, don't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who knows how many other planets we entertain? Oh, <laughs> you so know, going like those crazy deep conversations about whether or not aliens actually created us. Yeah, it's another angle. Aurora Apothecary CBD Superstore located in downtown Fairbanks. Aurora Apothecary CBD Superstore located downtown Fairbanks provides families, people, and pets with a wide variety of products from Mother Nature. We carry brands like Renew, Green Roads, Creating Better Days, CBD Plus Oil, and Select. Aurora Apothecary, 2nd Avenue Fairbanks, Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., 456 Hemp. That's 456-4367. Aurora Apothecary, your CBD superstore for pets and people. Have a wonderful day. It's fun to talk. That's that's the thing that cannabis does. It allows you to have yeah. silly conversations. You can get yeah, deeply theoretical on some crazy fun ideas. And what um, what government's afraid of with cannabis. 
that it uh it makes us have silly ideas yeah well the real reason is um textile industry the wood and lumber industry yeah and um that industry and then in more recent times pharmaceutical industry so there's like all these huge massive financial interests to keep it being illegal do you feel that at go no, yeah, go ahead. What were we gonna say? As, do you feel at the state level? Have you guys actually had other industries come and have meetings with you, or talk to you, or suggest that um, you know, on a macro level? Yeah, I mean, on the, on the so I have never had no no medical companies have come to us or that I know of. They haven't come to me anyway. Um, but the biggest one would be the close substitute, right? alcohol so char we have you know have a relationship with char because obviously we're in the same kind of industry but then you have a interesting spectrum of them that are like no we don't like your industry or the ones that are like no we do like your industry and so you it's it's a very interesting perception alcohol can't like cannabis they just i if they like you it's because they're just trying to be nice i think because cannabis is taking people away from the industry Right. And I'm saying just in general. So with those people that are in the liquor industry or the alcohol industry, they're probably cannabis smokers too. And they're more into the culture or the idea right. that's going to make the earth a better place. Or, or a lot of the folks that are in that aren't just alcohol sailors only. So if you're like a food and beverage thing, well, like, right. you know, like hey, like restaurants, oh, CBD enhanced foods and THC enhanced foods, that's going to be a big thing. Like restaurateurs and, and other food uh, processing companies as well as like alcohol ones too. I mean, right. like that's why they're also investing in it is to like be part of the cutting edge. Bottling companies. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah. So I mean like, yeah, there's definitely ones that don't like us. So I was actually like, we bought a bunch of uh, coasters, um, like beer coasters. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and shell them out to bars and stuff. And I went to one of them and I was like, yeah, I was like, would you guys be interested in having these coasters, I'll just give you free coasters. Like, it doesn't have any weed on it. It's just, you know, our little insignia on one side and then good titrations on the other. So you don't know unless you know, you know. Um, that's the whole, kind of how we derived that name was based on its innocuousness. So like, hey, right. I could say good titrations. Like, hey. It's not green. I, I get to go and I can like sponsor yeah. like fun pot leaf things on. like that. There's not a pot leaf. It doesn't say cannabis or weed. So it's super chill and so people have been accepting of me taking sponsorships and really interesting things all right so i walk into this bar and i'm gonna go give them a coaster i'm like hey would you guys like to accept some of these free coasters and the bartender's like oh is it your weed business one right and i was like yeah it's a marijuana business but it doesn't have any marijuana it's not very like obvious no the owner will tell me no i'm like really why will the owner tell you no well, because they don't like the weed industry because and they they call it the weed weed yeah weed <laughs> marijuana industry they don't like it because um our sales have dipped since then. And I was like, really? I was like, your sales dipped? I was like, that's weird. Because, like, you know, I like smoking cannabis. And, like, I still drink. You see me here. I'm buying your beverages. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I still come. They're like, yeah. I'm like, like our, our sales dip because now that it's legalized, people don't have to come to the bar and wait for their dealer to show up. Oh, shit. A waiting spot. I was like, holy shit. Now My mind's that. blown. I never thought of it like that. I was like, oh, yeah. It's like the same thing you do when you like go to get any of your other illicit substances. But now, no now kidding. it's legal. I just walk to the Because you figure store. you're going to get one while you're waiting. Yep. One, one or more, two more. So you don't look awkward. And leave it right after the other guy shows up. So yes. like you have a few drinks. No kidding. And so, so the meeting place is gone. The meeting place is not needed anymore. 
And so people because don't, you're allowed to assemble in a bar, no one's going to ask any fucking questions about yeah, what's going no, on. No, no. And, and usually bars are where other illegal things are happening anyway. People are betting yeah. on sports and shit like that. They're like, it's naturally an avenue of of illicit behavior. And so, like, no big deal. I'll show up here, I'll meet a buddy, handshake, give okay. him stuff, and then leave. But now I don't need to do that because I just walk into the store. I don't have to spend money on an alcohol drink. I just say, hey, I want my my eighth of whatever. Here's my cartridge or something. Give me a nice I dart. I, I, I love the thought when I was uh, bud tending in the very beginning and seeing a a fresh, brand new 21-year-old come in. And they were deciding to come buy weed instead of alcohol. Yep. I didn't have that option. I, I mean, I was smoking pot at that time, but when I turned 21, I went to Atlantic City. Yeah. You know, and it's gambling. We get to gamble then at 21. And yeah. we get into the bars and... Now, what a cultural shift. It is. It's a big change. And, like, that's the same deal, like, when I back, harken back to a whole removing it from the list of controlled substances so people can consume it. Like, so when I went and got a job at Fort Knox, my life shifted away from what was, hey, you smoke weed to, like, chill out. And here, nope, you're going to have a drink to chill out. And it's like, wait, you fatter. I got fatter, unhealthier. Like, it's just... It's not good. You're in a bad spot, man. It's like, yeah, no, if I didn't have to have that avenue, I stayed in public county or I stayed at a place that wasn't like, here's a random. And it's not like, I've worked at other places where you get randoms. He's like, hey, go there and do it. Oh, cool. Thanks. I get to walk away and go grab something. Mm-hmm. You can make it happen. I pass it. But um, in a certain spot like that, no, you're witnessed from the moment you are pulled from your office to the moment you're going to go get your pee in a cup. So there's not an avenue to do that. And so it's like, oh, yeah, you can't even. So it's like, wow, so you're going to make it so I can't consume cannabis. So now I can't have an avenue for chilling out, except for the one that you permit me to because it's a regulated substance. Oh, that's fine. And then, wait, no, my liver and health is in the worst spot. Right. So alleviating alleviating that from so many employees that have it as a concern. And it's funny, too, because, like, I'll even talk to other other. People that have jobs in positions where they have a random policy, right? They're like, oh, well, we have a random policy. I'm like, have you ever been random, though? Like, does they actually do it? And they're like, well, no. I'm like, well, then you're never going to get one. Like, they just say it probably for insurance Or if they don't like someone. Then there you go. That's selective enforcement. (laughs) Oh, I don't like that. That's illegal. I know, but it's it, hard to prove. It's real easy to, as soon as you show they don't actually do it on a regular okay, basis. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. It, that's why, like, Fort Knox and all places yeah. like that do do it on a regular basis because of the liability aspect of it yeah. and, like, trying to get insurance. But if you go to, like, some other place where they don't actually have a program for doing randoms, if they target you, then you get a wrongful termination suit real quick. But that aside, the case, like, their biggest fear is post-accident. Everyone, like, if you have a random policy, there's always the post-accident test. So then they can like place blame on you, right? Um, for having have metabolites in your system if you've crashed the forklift or something like that. Um, so usually they'll always have that. So I'll ask them like, "Well, do you get randoms in your job?" They're like, "No," but like I could get one any day. I'm like, "No, if they don't actually have a policy, you're not gonna get one any day." Like it's they can't do it. it like you have to follow the system or you have no system. Right. If you have no system, then you can't randomly select people just haphazardly because it's illegal. But you, they, they'll always have the post-accident one, so people are fearful in the accident aspect. But then they have this thought that they're going to get a random test any given day, and so they won't do it. And it's like, no, you 
have this fear because that might happen. You have a random program that they say they have, but if they don't actually ever do it, then you're never going to get mm-hmm. it. It's, it's enough to sway a lot of it people. It sways so many folks. And so then that's the whole thing. It's like you're taking away this product that would be a much better alternative for people to relax than this. But now they're already already hooked onto that. Good luck changing their behavior. But getting the 21-year-olds that just turned 21 and they choose their job selectively, intentionally, right. that could be another avenue. But, hey, you send me up north and I'm going to make $120,000 a year, I'll take that hair follicle test and I'll stop. Right? I mean, money matters. It's a golden handcuffs. Like, certain people won't. Yeah, to some people. But, like... Well, to most people, probably. That they'll take it? Yeah, well, that, that yeah, you're given that opportunity yeah. and you're just like, you know what, I'll, I'll make this decision or I'll do it anyway and hope I don't get tested or... Yeah, or yeah. Or I'll do something else, you know? Yeah. Other substances that leave your body sure. in three days. Yeah. Those things. So people make worse decisions because, oh, I can't have the one that would probably be the least harmful to me because it hangs around for 30 days. You know? <laughs> and it, it's more like a week or something. It depends on how much you use. But Gets back to the just the idea. It makes you think silly thoughts. And when oh, silly thoughts all, come well, in, yeah. then population you control, you mean? Question yeah, that, all that. Like some zeitgeist shit. Oh, yeah, <laughs> go conspiracy theory on the fact that it's all about controlling people. Same deal with having debts that incur interest. So that way, you always need a little bit more. It is just control. It's mm-hmm. all control. And and that's what people have thought of. Uh, they've they've alluded to cannabis legalization as being another form of control. Just that okay, we'll we'll dumb everyone down a little bit. You know, everyone's getting a little um, rebellious a little bit. Let's start legalizing. In certain some of these areas, Ooh, and that's an interesting idea. And start on, and and really, if you still keep it federally illegal at any time, theoretically, theoretically, they could come in and shut everything down, take all right, take all your property. Oh yeah, no, any given day. I told my kids that one day. I was really <laughs> scared. I was like, theoretically, I could just go to jail tomorrow. They're like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah, actually, that's the risk you run. Like any given yes. day, fed government could just be knocking that door down, and I'm going to jail for. Drug trafficking, money laundering, and, and you guys like, are fuck. one of the bigger ones. Yeah, so be someone to make it's an not, example of. It's not far. If they're going to hit Alaska, which I, I don't think they would, they would hit Colorado or Washington yeah. first, and you'd be like, "Oh, okay, let's go." Yeah. You'd have time to react a little bit, and mm-hmm. but you guys are one of the tops in the state of Alaska. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's realistic. They could come at you guys. Yep, but it's an interesting theory to that fact that like legalize it all just to make people chill out that's an interesting thought well it, it does it's, it's it, funny because like to me but i think it'll backfire because yeah, people it, that don't know yeah. they think it'll chill you out but it makes you question and you start thinking why like, do we need this yeah we to me that's the reason i think that's part of partially why it was illegal yeah i agree you know like you get too creative start thinking yeah. i guess whole purpose of uh of like what is it you know uh in Roman times, the whole reason to have a Colosseum, right? Yeah, bread and circus. Bread and circus. We have Definitely. the same thing. We do. And it's fucking NFL. We now. are Rome 2.0. <laughs> That's right. Here's your fairly affordable alcoholic beverages, and here's the National Football League and MLB. Like, here's some entertainment purposes. And it's free. It's just broadcasted on TV. Yep. And you can only focus on that and play fantasy football all day and keep you busy so you're not thinking about shit. Yes. Yeah. And, and your alcohol it numbs the senses. So does cannabis a little bit. It gets you past that monotony of things. But it just makes you ask those questions instead of alcohol. It just chills you, dumbs it down and makes you lazy. 
Like to me, to me, when I like have a few more drinks, you know, or whatever, you'll be like, "Oh, I'm ready to just like chill and like do nothing." Alcohol does it to you? Yeah, it makes me just like kind of lazy. I'm like, "Oh, I want to like clean the house and shit." But like, if I get high, I'll want to like sometimes like just be couch locked and stuff too. But I'll be thinking about things, or I'll, like want to read, or like do something activated. else, and I'm like more activated. Yeah, or I'll even even sometimes I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'll clean or like take care of these projects and stuff." You get in a zone, but like right, focus on something. Yeah, but like with alcohol. There's no zone. <laughs> There's no zone. It's like, oh, yep. You do it to to numb out. Yeah, I'm I'm happy that I've less some alcohol consumption. I I like we're drinking now. Who do Kolsch? Kolsch, yeah. That great beer. I love beer. Yeah, and it's a good. I mean, like five percent and stuff. I mean, no, I try to not put too many IPAs on the tap at work. <laughs> when you turn that the tap into a nine percent, what what is a Silver Gulch has got like an epicenter ale. That yeah, just yeah, Whew. yeah. Like the Hoodoo IPA, that's usually my go-to. Like if I go to Hoodoo for a beer, I'm like, oh yeah, hook me up with the IPA. It's like seven point two or something like that. Yeah, and uh, I'm just like, oh yeah, a couple of those, and I'm like feeling just perfect. I'm like, don't I have too many too many more of those? Not at all. Nope. But if it's like here on tap at work, that would be a problem. So like five percent one, yeah, you can have a few of those and be all right. Right. But yeah, you let somebody have like the seven or nine percenters. No. It's not a good idea. It's different. Well, you don't even realize it because most people are used to, to five, consuming a, yeah. a beer that's 5%. So you end up having a beer at 7 and 9 and you're like, hmm? what? This was actually 2, not 1. Yeah. But yeah, so when we were starting the company and stuff um, and figuring out we didn't have enough money to do everything that we wanted to do. And so then, yeah, we look at cash conversion cycles and also, you know, the fact that nobody else is doing it, the fact that it's profitable. No, I mean, the biggest... The biggest risk and fear associated with switching to that would be like, are we going to have inputs? Is there going to be people that want to sell to us? You know? Um, oh, just cultivation. Yeah. Cultivators. Are there going to be cultivators? Or, or does all of it go straight to the retailer? Like, do we need to have a cultivation? So, like, there was a lot of uncertainty in that aspect. But, like, you know, the relationships we've built with all the other people and, like, helping get the industry going and trying to, like, help fight for And people didn't have any rules and regulations. With you guys in the beginning, right? There weren't many. I can't think of any other ones there were. Like for failed stuff? Well, no. Just any concentrate maker. Oh, any yeah. Concentrate makers. Guys, I mean, were you yeah. guys the first? No, we were not. Um, hmm, who was the first? Uh, I don't know that actual answer. Um, it was like Einstein or Babylon. That had to be like, you guys had to be really close. They're, 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 we came out shortly after them. And like we were quickly displacing them because um, Justin met Einstein. Like, he started building a reputation of not, like, having good business. Yeah, they were doing this. Like, he wouldn't reply to phone calls and things like that. Or, like, you know, return phone calls, I mean. And he would, you know, be delays or, like, wouldn't be communicative enough to make people happy. The collecting, the way he was collecting product and giving it back to you was a little strange. Yeah, so I've heard it was a lot, it was complicated and kind of a pain. And so when it was like, hey, you're easy to work with and you have to call me back when I have questions. You guys are up front and you, like... I'd be calling retailers back and be like, hey, there was a, two extra 20s in this stack for thousands, you know, like obviously you have $40 credit now and like, you know, just being upfront with people like that and like being honest and they liked that and it worked well and it won people over in a lot of respects. Chena Cannon, North Pole Cannabis Dispensary, 1725 Richardson Highway between North Pole and Fairbanks, right before the Badger Road exit. You're going to love this place. Convenient access right off the highway as you're hitting the lakes in the summer or a valley's trip on the way out of town. 
Stock up on those special in-house strains. Taffy, sourdough, fruity pebbles, boost banner, green crack. Always a $5 pre-roll and special and $10 grams. Concentrates, buy good cannabis, good titrations, edibles, AK Frost, good cannabis gummies. Head on over to Chena Cannabis. Check out the full menu on leafly.com. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m., 9 p.m., Sunday, noon to 6. You don't have to drive all the way to Fairbanks for your cannabis needs. Save your time. Get your quality cannabis at Chena Cannabis, your North Pole Cannabis Dispensary. Chena Cannabis. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with the consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. But yeah, so but to get to that point, to wanting to do this, was the biggest change. And so, like, changing from the cannabis connoisseur where we had, like, all our logo made and everything to coming up with, okay, well, what kind of a new company name are we going to have for a concentrate deal? And, uh, yeah, slowly developed this one and worked out well. I mean, the biggest factor to me was simplicity. Like, so when we were trying to develop a, a logo... All three of us sort of pitching ideas of like how to adjust the logo and stuff. I fought so hard to make it so flat. I mean, like to me, and that's my biggest thing. Two dimensional, like, or what do you mean? Yeah, flat. flat Two dimensional, not not busy. You know, okay. like super simple, and also innocuous. Like not not having it be like, oh, here's weed, and there's a picture of a pot leaf on it, or it says weed in the name, or cannabis in the name, or green in the name, or anything like that. Make it just something that's pretty plain. And its wife came up with the name Good Titrations, actually, because they're listening to Good Vibrations. And when, you guys, when you guys have your retail, are you going to have, like, some tune? Good, 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 good titrations. titrations. Yeah. You gotta I'll get sued by the Beach Boys. <laughs> just speed it up or slow it down. Or the estate of the Beach Boys. Um, yeah. No, yeah, we've already got, like, a, a little thing that we had somebody produce for a tone but i don't know how married we are to it but it's gotcha. there i've got one lined up in the hopper that's ours you know um but probably not close to good vibrations <laughs> sounding but we basically but for me when we were sitting here coming up with a logo and stuff like i mean i don't know if you go and look at some other people's logos they're like so incredibly busy that it's like it's hard to even recognize like yeah. there's people that i like whose logo i don't like i like them but, like, I feel like you could have done better on your logo. Other people, like, try to give me a hard time about the logo all the time. I'm like, oh, it's people don't understand it. I'm like, that's kind of a point in a way. Like, did you understand the Nike swoosh when you thought, you know, what's mm-hmm. Apple's thing? It's just an Apple. Fucking like McDonald's, Golden Arches. Like, you actually look at, like, companies <clears throat> that have memorable logos and things that stick around. They're freaking plain as shit. Yep. It's easy. It's a symbol, usually something. And there's complementary colors, the blue and orange. Exactly. You just have something and you want it. And so, like, to me, I was like, no, man, we need a white background. And, like, that'll stand off from everybody. Like, to me, my mentality, like, the thought that I was, like, trying to push for this when we were developing it and coming up and passing ideas back and forth with the group um, was 
always looking at like Apple, for instance. It's like so clean and sleek and stuff. Like some people don't like Apple because the operating system and there's a big conglomerate of a company. Mm-hmm. They're a damn successful company. Yeah. <laughs> they like have a really good marketing system that people want to follow along right. with. And the bite out of the apple, it throws yeah. action the right bite into apple. It. I mean, like, like one of the one of the best marketing campaigns that has been around is iPods. Back in the day when it was just a silhouette of somebody in a white cord, the white headphones, and then oh dancing around, right? Flat, plain, simple, clean. And that's been the driving factor for this. And that's why I was like, yeah, no, let's go with a white background. Everyone's like, why would you want it white? I'm like, because it's just like sleek and clean and it's going to stand out. Like when we had our, um, yeah, Einstein, for instance, look up their logo. You want to see a busy logo. I can't think of what their logo is. It's so freaking damn busy. <laughs> like, I'll, yeah. I'll show you later, but plus your packaging. I mean, you could pick a white box. Yeah, you didn't have to pay for colored boxes or anything like that. that was kind of. I don't know if you guys thought about that, but everything is white. It, yeah, you know, it's you easy. Just, it's like the natural thing for everything to be on. And then, like, rather than like so, so many other people like all their bags and shit are black. Einstein's bags are black. Babylon. I don't know if you've seen their logo. It's just super busy and hard to see. But you have that. Sitting there in contrast to everyone else's, it just pops and stands out. And so, like, to me, that was, like, you need something that's going to be pop, stand out, simple, and memorable. Like, even, like, it's funny. One of my close friends, it's hilarious. We're at my house. And I don't know what it was that, like, where the logo was sitting out at my house. And, like, he knew I owned a marijuana company. And he did just, I don't know how he had not made this connection before at all. It's funny. He's kind of a crazy friend. But <laughs> we're sitting there. And he's like, oh, that's that's a cool logo. He's like, you like concentrates? I was like, no, that's my company, man. He's like, what, really? He's like, I got these bags all over my house. I was like, really? The logo stuck with him and he made the connection and he sees it someplace else and like thinks about the brand and the company and the concentrates. Not even thinking about the fact that it was my business. And I'm like, dude, that's hilarious. But it's also, God, Glad that the logoing system worked well. Yes. That you just it's been implanted in somebody. Does that come from education? Did someone teach you that? Did you learn it? Like, probably um, through your marketing classes. Marketing? No, actually, <laughs> I wouldn't say it would have been something um, um, educated and taught. Just pay attention to the world. Yeah, pay attention to to me. That's it. Paying attention to the world. It's like, hey, I see companies doing X, Y, and Z. Do I like the way that they're going and their trajectory? Like, how have they been doing? What works well for them, you know? And then, like, just mimicking. Like, that's the big, that's the greatest sign of flattery, right? Is like mimicking something. So, if it's like, I appreciate the way that you have done this, or this is the position that you've taken, and it seems to work. Symbols, man, are simple. Under Armour, Nike, Adidas. You want to go through the whole list of them. You want to get something as simple. That's why, like, yeah, the hat. So, for instance, but that's what becomes the logo. Like people are using the logo and they don't even know what it means. Yeah. Oh, well, and see, and that's the thing too. That's why. So for me, like I, this logo deal where it's like, hey, here's the logo. It's this emblem. And then there's the name, good titrations. And that's how it's been on everything that way. All our banners are, you know, drafted to be that way. And there's none there, but there used to be. Yeah. Um, but as soon as it starts ingraining in folks, that was when I'd be like, no, we're taking, taking the name part away. And then you just have this. Oh, yeah. And so then you Coca-Cola, just Coca Cola, Pepsi. Right, yeah. Nike. I mean, same deal like Nike, all those. Like, you don't need the Nike thing. You see the Swish, you know it's a Nike thing. Same deal. And like then, this. what is that? What's the word in branding where you become 
like Kleenex or Coke, where your brand becomes the product. Oh, yeah. Like there's some, I, I, there's I know some the term, term for that. that. I can't think of it either. But where when people are thinking of concentrates, good titrations. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go get some good titrations. Whether they're going to get that or not, yeah. they're getting concentrates. Yeah. But yeah. That's a good, I would like to get to that level. But to the level of like just the, the logo recognition too is the factor. I think you like, guys have got it there because of the white. Yeah. So many people gravitate toward that green. Because it's green. Cannabis. It tells you we, the yeah. green cross yeah, or whatever. Exactly. But um Yeah. It's good to know that you went a different way. Yeah. Tried to. It's it's cool. I knew I, I knew I like there was a certain level of where, hey, it's come to to that point when it's like you know nobody knows like okay, if you're just like a consumer, generalized consumer, you're not you're a normal right. consumer, somebody else that um <clears throat> that just uses the product, you don't know who I am. Like, right. that most people don't. Unless you're like in the industry and you're in the business owner niche of folks, like even other bud tenders and stuff, will walk in. I don't know who the hell I am, which is cool. So like, but then the fact that like I was taking my kid to a hockey practice or something one day and wearing the hat, and it's this hat, you know, so it's just the emblem on the front. <laughs> so I'm gonna do like walk like nice hat, man. <laughs> I'm just like yes. <laughs> I know you're a, I don't even know who I am. <laughs> like, not a name or nothing. Like yeah, cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And it's just like it's just that nod that like. That's part of that brand also is that either you're in the know or you're not. You know, like, if you don't know it, then you don't it know doesn't it. Mean it doesn't anything. mean anything. It's no big deal. To you. You're not offending anybody? No. I'm slowly, subtly implanting it. <laughs> but. <laughs> what, the offense? <laughs> or to the idea? The, no, events, like things you go to. Like, how many people go to, like, those UFC fights and stuff? Do they know what good titrations is? Some might not. The logo's in the goddamn center of that mat, and you're going to see it every day. So subliminally of implanting it, and then when you are in the know, then you know. Yeah, that, that's, that's part marketing. of the whole point. Yeah. It is. It, it, it's wanting what you don't even know you want. <laughs> right? <laughs> you start getting it ingrained, and then you like recognize it, or you hear it enough. And that's just how it makes Are you ready to stuff. talk Chili's building? Sure, man. Let's pivot. I need another uh, beer. Then. Yeah. So the Chili's building, huh? Chili's building. That's that's been sitting a long time. That has. That actually has been on our like radar, like for a very long time. That like as is, soon as it opened. Is that what you're talking about? No. I mean, as soon as <clears throat> as soon as, as it became available, as soon as we started this business, that has been like one of our locations. Like we saw that empty building there. We're just oh, we want it. We want it so bad. Because you were thinking retail from the beginning. We're, yeah, because we wanted a retail spot. We were thinking retail. We were thinking cultivation aspect. Like, it's a big fucking building, right? Like there's a lot of space in there. So those, what we talked about earlier, you were talking about that vertical integration. Those ideas yep. didn't go away. You're they're still thinking about that. Oh, of course. You just had the beginning of, and then you started making money and then reinvesting it and then doing well at it and just yeah. getting better. Yeah. Now you got your automation coming in. Yep. All these fun things. But the biggest, so, yeah, we've always so, thought about, we always thought about, retail. we've always thought about this Chili's building and like, the I mean, Chili's building, the Chili's building in particular, like that thing actually has been on like me, Frank and Emmett's radar. Like when we first, so back when we were raising funds to just have, a regular cultivation and retail spot um, before we pivoted to the concentrate company, that building was one of our desires. Was it, is it open then? It was empty. Gone. It was already gone and it was vacant. 
we went and talked to the owner when our lawyer Jana set up a meeting to talk to Dana and have a discussion about renting the building from him. And uh, we wanted to. The terms that he pitched out there were not palatable to me. <laughs> As someone that crunches the numbers and looking at the business, like, fucking nuts, man? No. So we didn't do that. Um, and we are just like, no, we can't do it now. And he wasn't going to like build it out to suite for us anyhow on top of it. So it was like, it was a non-starter. But it was like something we were always like, oh, dude, that would be the spot. Like it's, yeah, it's right, right the fuck there. Hotels. Oh, yeah. All that. I mean, I didn't even know if hotels were up yet. Some of those things were just built in the last few but years. It's the beginning of the expansion. You yeah. could see where it was going to happen. I was like, man, this is, this is a spot we want. Anyway, so we've always had a desire for that. And then, um, you know, other steps have come along to make it be possible for us to end up having it. So friends of ours and business acquaintances. And, and um, so like right now, our, our CEO is Michael Cervantes. And he knows some folks. And they're the ones that are like, oh, we'll buy that building and rent it out to you. Oh, cool. That'd be awesome. We would love that. Um, buy it. And they're like, wait, we can't rent it out to you because we have, we're, you know, Canadian residents. And we're nervous about doing anything with cannabis companies. So like, we're not going to do that. And so uh, um, we don't, this is the era of Jeff Sessions as AG. Sure. And so very scary. Like, no, we got to come up with another avenue. So we've been sitting there like plotting and planning ways to buy it and finally found our, a way to make the whole transaction and everything work. And so we're able to procure the, the building. And so having gotten it in June, I mean, you can go look at recording information and stuff and see that we clearly got it in June. Um, and so since then it's been, yep, demolition, tearing things down, starting to get it prepared for putting in a retail. So for what we have planned is not just a retail. I mean, place is way too big just as a retail, right? You know, whole freaking commercial kitchen. What's it look like inside there now? For those of us that knew what it looked like before, you walk in, hostess stand, Mm -hmm. to the right was the bar, straight ahead was the kitchen, to the left was their, a big restaurant. Yeah. So what's it look like in there now? So right now... Uh, looks like a whole bunch of shit that got gutted out. <laughs> no, big space. It's a lot. It's not a big space. Like, we actually everywhere. have. You no, know, we gutted everything out, <clears throat> chipped up all the tile and stuff. The bar's gone. The, the bar is not gone. Nice. So the bar, actually, so now the idea to like, I'll give you the virtual tour, right? <clears throat> As you walk in, hostess stand, still there. It'll be like, you know, redesign. It has kind of our spin of a hostess stand, and it'll be. A little different with like a little like neon lights in the background to show you the path and avenue of like where to go around the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you walk in and you go to the right, there'll be um, some glass doors to walk into the the bar, quote unquote bar area, is now our cafe lounge area. So inside there, what was previously the Chili's bar, I'm just going to stop using that word. It's 506 Merhar. Yeah. <laughs> Move the bar back. So the bar got shifted back. We don't need nearly as much of all the equipment that's underneath it. Mm-hmm. We'd rather have more seating space, more available spots in there. Right. So the bar is going to be moved back. It will be um, an espresso machine there. So the idea is to have coffee. Um, basically a full menu of coffee stand type snacks and foods and drinks. Um, possibly even having mocktails and other things that are there. Um, blenders and whatnot. And all the while, that will be the on-site consumption area. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, fingers crossed, the city council members and everybody are cool with us having on-site. And Have you guys started the, the process in that? Yeah. So, awesome. uh, we got all the building permits and stuff for the building to be built. That's all a go. 
um, we still need to get like the plumbing and the electrical permitted drawings given and get be able to do all the electrical and stuff. But we've got a sign on the building, got the sign, the marquee sign on the outside is put up. Um, and uh, our application for the actual licenses, because there's going to be all three license types there, um, will be um, submitted to the state here very shortly so that we can make the January meeting. So we're intending to make the January meeting, and then we're hoping to open up sometime in February or March. No kidding. That's yep. soon. Huh? <clears throat> With on-site? With on-site. Good for you guys. That's the plan. And, you know, there's always delays. There's I always keep hearing about like stuff. Fairbanks cut. You know, they 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 were the first to be approved as their um, you know on-site consumption, but it's just nothing's happening with it. Yeah, what are they doing? I, I haven't even tried to go over and find out. Honestly, they're, they're just um, they they're doing they were held only. On. What they're only doing outdoor only. Somebody I they're said permitted for only outdoor. I don't think they're permitted for anything yet. Oh. I think they were trying to get in easy based on that. Yeah. Based on outdoor, you know, that it's it's outdoor. How can you say that it's anything wrong with this? Yeah. But I think it's a bad way to go. I mean, just put it inside and have an outdoor access to if people want to go outside. But I think they're trying – that was the easy way. But they were caught up with two businesses and it has to be freestanding, this idea. Yeah. And the definition of what that is. Yeah. And I would have argued the shit out of that too if I was them. Well, I mean, obviously, they probably tried, but – Yeah, they, they're saying next year. I mean, I, I thought they were uh, – I'm I'm hoping to have on-site consumption available for 420. Awesome. I uh, I hope you guys win. I mean, you guys have been around the longest time. I mean, I'm not uh, everything I'm doing. I'm following the rules. I mean, it's all going to be like through the retail. You know, you walk into the retail, but then so anyway, yeah. has there on-site consumption anywhere in the state yet? No. Well, I don't know that answer actually. Yeah, I, I, I think it's no. Yeah, me too. I'm pretty certain that. Um, you think we would have heard it? People yeah, would have been sure. talking about it. Oh, I'm gonna definitely be letting my Hell yes. my uh, reporter friends know to come check this out as soon as it's possible. If we get to be the first, that would be incredible. But I mean, it's possible. Crossed. It's possible. I'm just not. Because I don't hear of anything happening. I'm not, um, the cut's you know, not counting my cards, you know, at all. I think in Fairbanks, you guys will have it. If your goal is February, February, March, yeah, yeah. I've heard. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure. Cut's trying to hit hit that 422. Yeah, yeah but they were trying to hit October. Oh well, yeah, Halloween. That would have been cool. But, um, yeah, I'm sure that they're not too stoked on that business opening up there. <laughs> Location to mess with theirs. What? We, oh, Mine. yours. Yeah. yeah. No, no way. Yeah. That was I mean, because they're sitting right in the middle. They're like in the back behind the Bentley Mall thing, right? But, yeah, it would be a bad spot for them. But anyway. <clears throat> yeah. So, anyway, you're walking in. And so, when you get the hostess stand, be like a little sign behind there. We'll check your ID right there before you go anywhere else throughout the facility. Make sure that you're 21 and you should be there. Mm -hmm. um, and then they'll probably have monitors and stuff in their desk to be able to like monitor the cafe area because you have to have a monitoring location or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and so you can either go in there and you can buy your little one gram or whatever it is that you're allowed to have, small little a bit to try there. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have... <clears throat> an area where you can sit down and consume. And also, people can just come there just for coffee and stuff, too. It's not like you have to consume something. So, like, my idea is that, or our idea is that it will be more like a coffee shop. Like, hey, there's going to be Wi-Fi there. People can hang out. You can get together with friends. There's going to be, like, a big family-like style table. And there's, like, individual, like, lounge booths and stuff like that. The idea is going to be, like, a chill zone to go relax. You can either focus on, you know, doing your own work or something, meeting with friends, smoke and consume there. Or well, you guys have been attached to a lot of the um, 
the different events that are going on in town. Like you're trying, I see you guys were with um, a video game. Yeah. Like there yep. was Arctic like VR, man. We're having a tournament on December December 7th. Like that. So sign up. There's going to be prizes and stuff. It's, you know, welcome to have people come join. It's basically a promotion to like say, hey, get back to our customers and we're here to have fun too. I mean, man. that's the biggest idea. How are you going to get over that aspect of truck? Because you got to want to bring that kind of aspect to, to your to your own psych consumption. Yeah, to a degree. I mean, there'll be some things, but it's... But you're not allowed to. Yeah. It's not going to be like a major entertainment factor at all. Um, And then, yeah, there... there More of a low-key place to hang out. Yeah, hang out, eat some food. Like, honestly, it's actually going to be like... not So that is, yeah, our portion of it is coffee shop mentality. But then there's also going to be a portion of the restaurant or the kitchen area that we're going to, like, work with another food company to create... To actually like serve food and so actually almost restaurant. I mean, kinda. It's not gonna be like full fledged restaurant. Like, there's not gonna be servers and shit coming by your table. Okay, more you like know? a food truckish thing. <clears throat> exactly, kind of like that. So that's kind of where like you saw food trucks probably parked outside of Chili's this right. summer. Um, that's starting to like build hype and excitement. Let's do it for talking good titrations. Yeah. So anyway, food and stuff there. But anyway, so when you walk in and right behind the hostess. Or the person that's going to be there checking IDs and making sure everything's hunky dory. I think host is a good name to call. Yeah. Or well, or host. Or host, or wherever it ends up being. Security it's guard. Good. It keeps people familiar with what's going on. Yep. Doesn't break it up. And too then much. right behind their shoulder. So like, if you're envisioning the fact that you're like in Chili's, let's say you went and sat in the bar, right? In Chili's, and you know, like that stepped up ledge mm-hmm. uh, where there's booths. So those booths are still going to be there, and there's still going to be windows there. And then behind the hostess, so like after you're coming back into the entryway, there's going to be another wall that goes around, and there's going to be windows there. Yeah. And that's going to be the cultivation. Nice. So you'll be able to see all the flower, the rooms in the flower, and the, the, the all the plants in the flower, and all the plants in the veg cycle. And that's your, that's your guys' only cultivation? Right now. I... <laughs> I, um... Okay. That changes my question. <laughs> Theoretically, right? <laughs> I kind of looked at that because it's not a big space. Nope. More of like a Disney World aspect of it. Bingo. Okay. Like yep. pl- it's, it's not. It's not. Hey, I'm going to try and crank out and produce tons of product and biomass out of this area. No, it's more of like sea of green sort of mentality. It's going to be a tight space. I think we're going to get like five or six tables. How many square there? feet? Um, it's like. Almost to the level where we could have been eliminated. Oh, that's yeah. that my next question. Almost, but no, I was like, no. Well, you might as well go big. I'm going to go for the whole thing. It's like yeah. freaking a couple thousand dollars more. Like, right. not a big deal. In the sense that if I'm a little bit over, then it's not going to be an issue. Or if I wanted to make it even bigger, it's not going to be an issue. But it's more novel at this point. The, the intention is completely novel. Not completely. I mean, obviously, we're producing right. some stuff for our retail. Some stuff to be processed and made into... The things that you're going to have at the place. That, that's what old. But you're sitting there in a building with three hotels right there. And these are tourists, people. The walking distance to a weed shop that gives you like a thing that tells you how weed's grown. And then like as you're looking at the pictures, there's also displays and plaques and other information that tell you about the plant's life cycle. Like what the typical ranges and veg and, and flower are, etc. Different phenotypes. Give me a little bit of education along with it. And so then you'll be sitting there, you can just like chill and having your coffee, and you're looking and seeing weed growing. It's kind of like a warm 
embracing experience and it's gonna be like clean obviously as clean as it can be to make it just be this warm welcoming open setting of like hey we is completely fine these are plants that are being cared for like to me one of my most memorable moments when i was in amsterdam was walking into a freaking place and then i was like oh shit there's a whole bunch of weed growing right there and she's like mind blown you know like yeah, there's people who don't see it the tourists are just going just sitting next it. to a plant love it love it and like I mean, you don't see it. I mean, there's other people that already have this going on, like Canabasco. They already have windows into their. Yeah, room. I like it. That's cool. Yeah, you know, it's cool. But it's not the, like to me, same kind of mentality of how I was going to think. Add have things. Well, it's not sitting there. You're not sitting at a table being able to watch it for an hour. Yeah, you're walking past it, and you're just like, "Oh, cool, there's plant. Let me find a weed." Yeah, yeah. And it's not like, oh, here's some information. People explaining it to you as you're walking in. No, not so that whole left side is going to be restaurants still. Nope. Okay, yeah. how much of that's cut down? So the whole left side. So so imagine walking. All right, it's hard to explain. So like, let's say you hit the hostess stand right there, and you take an immediate 90-degree left. Mm-hmm. And as you're walking along there, you'll there'll be this path. So on your right-hand side, there's going to be where the grow is. So the, that's the whole grow It'll right be contained. There. It's all contained in its own separate section. It's got to be it's a separate license, right? All right? So that whole thing, and then... Behind those doors that you won't be able to see, you know, it's, there's the workspace and workstations and nutrient mixing station, et cetera. All the, the work that happens in the background is also in there. But as you're walking down, you're going to see um, the retail. This is where the actual retail is at. All right. So as you're walking down. Straight ahead. See, straight ahead. It's going to eventually take a hit, um, like 45 degree angle. And that 45 degree angle, I think it's 45, somewhere in that range, but. It's going to be making a beeline for where the bathrooms are. So, boom, cut over to that. And then you're going to be going into the bathrooms where it was at the building. It's still the same. I'm following bathrooms. tracking. <clears throat> and so you'll be able to use the restroom that way if you needed to. But then when you're coming here and you see that 90 degree angle, that's where the first um, the door is into the retail space. So there's going to be a retail space back there with glass walls or like glass doors and glass walls so it's like open space kind of feel mm-hmm. so you'd be able to like see into it you know without even having the doors open etc right. it's my the thought behind us and our our retail space was that it would be very clean and open and bright like kind of like the same deal white you know mm-hmm. completely inviting clean give you that mentality like if you hey you have a lab you want a lab to be clean you have to give the notion of clean right. and so it's always brightly lit it's gonna be like my me and the team and Emmett and, and Michael were kind of like going with the idea of like you know kind of like an Apple store super like simplistic open flat areas brightly lit welcoming and inviting and warm so from that cafe you're gonna look into the, the cultivation or that whole walkway to the retail also whole walkway to the retail okay. so when you walk into the retail so yeah, I guess when you walk into the retail, so eventually right over the shoulder of Hostess and, you know, from the cafe looking into it on this side, mm-hmm. you're going to be seeing the flower area. Awesome. But as you continue to walk further down, new windows, new room, you'll be able to see the bedroom. And so you can see that in there. Do you plan on using all that cultivated cannabis in that spot? Uh, likely. Cool to kind of, kind of, so like, if you're sitting in the cafe and you're looking over and you're seeing uh, Grand Day to Purple, and you're like, shit, that's going to be done in like four weeks. Yep. And to come back in four weeks and be able to get that plan would be kind of cool. 
No, yeah. So that is exactly the driving factor. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Like the question of whether or not all the material is going to be sold directly to customers in that fashion. So like, yeah, hey, top colas, nice, nice buds that are really like tight and well formed. Those ones are going to make it into packages as a dried flower. Other ones, schwabbly little shits on the bottom, leaves, bring it back over there <laughs> to be processed. You know, like leave it there yeah. to be processed in the the manufacturing in the other half of the kitchen. That's where the other license comes in. Hello, Alaska and you tokers out there. This is Marcy from Alaskan Blooms. I just wanted to drop by and give you guys some information about the new strains that are going to be hitting our retail shelves today. Um, We have Black Mamba back. We have a new test for Bubblegum Kush that hit 25%. Also, we have Cherry Cordial and Clementine, Elysium, Gorilla Glue 4 by Sunset Sherbet, Grease Monkey, Harawana, Kimbo Kush, Silver OG, Snow Monster, Strawberry Dock, and we also have a brand new harvest of our CBD superstar, Taint. And my favorite strain out of this harvest has got to be the Gorilla Glue 4 by Sunset Sherbet. This strain's genetics are by the Shits Legits, who is a Fairbanks local legend. And I love the high from this strain, and I love it's just got all these intense flavors. Really diesel-y, really citrusy, and like I said, it's just a really, really, really heavy, wonderful, perfect indica. Thanks for stopping by! Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. We got this. We got this. You hiring any big chefs? Uh, no, actually. A big chef. Any, like, uh, are you bringing someone else new in? New in a sense. Okay. And it's new for them. So, like, um, we like, it's for our company. We, I like bringing people in to do the shitty jobs and, like, building them up to do other things. So, like, for me, it's like, yeah. Well, you know what's happening here. Yeah, I came here and I, like, freaking had to pack a shit. For a while, like in the beginning of this whole thing, starting off, was it just you four in the very beginning? Yeah, just you. Four. How long? Me, Seth, Emmett, and Frank, and we would be out in there like packaging the shit ourselves till freaking ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night. How long until you hired employees? Jesus, man, it was like I'll say like two or three months. It wasn't too long. It was long enough to know that I didn't want to package shit, right? <laughs> but I, I did it. I was there weighing out. Grams of concentrate in like you just like oh it's mind numbing and it's pain painstaking and you just got to be meticulous and accurate and everything has to be on point and so then yeah we ended up getting you know big leaf to come hey we need a bunch of team members and so from them sniped over a lot of them you know mm-hmm. in the beginning and still using them and then now we have them all hired on so all of our packaging team is is good titrations employees um, but. Uh, so who's doing the kitchen? So the kitchen. So Jordan's doing the kitchen. Who's Jordan? Jordan Centeno. She's a 
She was uh, a packager for us, and she's just like awesome team member and stuff. She always was working for Big Leaf, and um, she ended up going and like, oh, I'm leaving. I'm going to culinary school. It's like, oh, okay, culinary school, cool. Well, like, like she'd always like make foods and like, hey, here's some edibles. You want to try this? I like baking and cooking these things, and I'm like, oh, those are great. And like, she'd make regular foods too, not just mm-hmm. edible ones. I'm like, man, these are awesome. Like, it was like, if you're done with your, whenever you're done with your culinary school or something, come back and talk to me because I've got a plan for what we're doing in a little bit. And then, yeah, she's like, okay, I'll keep that in mind. And so I've been like pitching ideas with her a while while she's in culinary school. And then she showed up and I was like, shit, a month and a half ago, two months ago. Oh, no. It was like three months ago. She showed up. She's like, she's like hey, like, so uh, just move back and go to culinary school. You know, we're still going to do this, right? I was like. Yeah, man, like, the whole business is not ready yet. And she's like, well, I need a job. I was like, come on board, man. I'll have a job for you. So she's, like, working as a packager but doing a bunch of other things. And now she's, like, creating flavors for our, our can of sprays and other things. So, like, we've got her tasked on all these other stuff. And then before long, we're going to be setting up a menu together. And she's going to be baking the shit out of things and helping do that. And then that's going to be her baby. And she's going to be. That's nice having someone that is uh, trained. Yeah, trained excited bought into like us like as a team like feels well i think she feels welcome i don't know well, to come back employer, you know yeah but i'm like dude yeah she had a chance to not come back yeah she could have gone and done whatever she wanted but she came back but yeah i know and to know be like oh yep i'm hiring you on the spot <laughs> come aboard buddy awesome. yeah no i we're definitely stoked to have jordan be part of the team and i'm really excited to like develop a menu and come up with things that think she thinks are good ideas for um the cafe and what how do you feel about the um the idea that there's no concentrates which has got to suck for you guys being a concentrate company right and then which i think would be the perfect place for uh on-site consumption for people to experience concentrates and learn about them and things like that a gram of flour i'm fine with that i mean it's 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 a joint if you're in there with three people you know you got three grams between three of you and you sit there and smoke three joints and have a good time and chat and the edibles i think the edibles are ridiculous okay you can only have one gram of flour but you can have two doses of an edible five milligrams yeah granted that's small yeah it is really small but for people who are going to be eating the edibles and pain edibles that's probably their dose Mm -hmm. it takes me three hours Really, to hit an feel inedible. Yeah. So how are you going to have... People are going to come in. They're going to eat a brownie. And they're going to be like, oh, shit, now The whole idea of trying to keep people leaving stone. You don't want to leave them stone. But it's not going to take effect for hours. Yeah. No, you, I mean, you're preaching to the choir on this. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, <laughs> it's flabbergasting to me. The fact that... Like, so the biggest issue, the reason it's a huge freaking discussion is because um, Anchorage, the municipality of Anchorage, they're the ones that have said, oh, no, you can only do edibles, right? That they are. And now they're putting the, oh, can people smoke? They're going to put it to a vote for the people in the municipality of Anchorage to vote on it in the April election, if I'm not mistaken. No kidding. Yep. And so that is the way that they're going to go about this, which I think is just freaking stupid as shit. I, like, I would be... Bending the ears out of every council member if I live down there. I don't want to spend ten dollars on an edible that I'm not going to feel for three hours. Yeah, and I got. Oh, I have to sit here until I feel the effects, and do I have to sit here until it's done? And you can't be entertained. You know, you're not allowed to be. So you know, I'm just like, dude, it's so ridiculous. But um, so here's how I intend to make it a little different. So like our company 
one of the products that we're putting together. So like right now, I've showed you the gel encapsulation machine. You know, mm-hmm. here's our CBDs that we can put in CBD caps and sell those across state lines and across uh, country lines. Oh. And so that whole angle is going to be one angle. But like the THC, Hold ones, on. how are you guys even going to? Once you start selling across borders, you guys aren't going to be able to maintain, can you? I don't know. There's got to be such a market. I mean, I'm hearing yeah. from other people like in Germany and things and like wanting American cannabis. Mm-hmm. And they're buying it from Canada right now. So. But the cannabis thing. So we can't be able to sell the like the actual THC products. Right. But still it's. A, it, the CBD ones. It's so a popular that, market. Yeah. So the machine. You're going to be hiring people, aren't you? Well, always. Well, that's this plan. So there's going to open up a retail spot. I'm going to be hiring people. That's true. You guys but have like, a whole new game. It's Yeah, there's going to be a lot more going on here soon. But like that little guy down the stairs cranks out 12,000 pills an hour. About. And so we figure if we're working at a reasonable shift level and keeping the thing humming, we can probably pay about 4 million pills a month. And so... That's way more than what I can do for a THC market in Alaska. <laughs> I don't think it would last long. I could run it for a day and be done <laughs> for the whole month <laughs> in Alaska. So what I've got to do is I've got to make those other pills. And so rather than just like making just oh here's CBD and THC or CBD and MCT oil pills only, like there's other things that I could market. Like that alone is going to be problematic in maintaining enough of those. I think for all the people that might have interest in other states and stuff. Especially if we're intending to come in under select and Montel pill prices. You guys are actually planning on competing against that. Uh, you're competing against Montel? I'm trying to. <laughs> That's my idea. Awesome. Um, yeah. It, it definitely displacing them out of the Alaskan retail markets and then working our way to other places. Like even being able to sell like CBD pills in like Costco or Walgreens and all these other places. Like the idea is to have it to be on all the other shelves where CBD is already sold, head shops and stuff like that. And then also to other states, as soon as we've got it humming and going and we manage to get all the shelves stocked here, let me start working on other places. What's your first market outside of, of Sestic? Right Washington? now, some people in like China are calling us. I bet. Um, so like we've been talking to some doesn't China things. put out like a bunch of uh, like they're kind of, I don't know, blackballed as like make Maybe. bad CBD or something? I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. They're buying it. They're, they're, well, because I'm not... I'm not grabbing their CBD and putting it in there. I'm Where like, are you getting the CBD? Uh, lower 48. Okay. Like from various suppliers down there. Good. Because there's been people that I've heard that have suggested that you guys are using Chinese CBD. So no, that's good to not, know that. No. It all comes from uh, cultivated, uh, hemp agricultural companies. Massive ones that are like extracting isolates down in, in Arizona and awesome. other places. But it's all in the United States. Good. They're all United States companies. And um, <clears throat> and then to have China contacting you guys, how does that call come in? Do you guys It'll just be email? <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Are you looking to list or searching for your perfect property? Well, contact Matt Wade at Century Twenty One Gold Rush, community member for over twenty years, helping you through the real estate buying and selling process. Matt Wade C two one at gmail dot com. M-A-T-W-A-D-E-C-2-1 at gmail.com. 907-978-0127. Helping you through the process. Matt Wade, Century 21 Gold Rush. I, mean, I, don't, I don't have any hesitation letting people know that 
yeah, obviously I can undercut or gut the THC market in Alaska real quick, but the CBD one, we want to push it to other states. I don't mind that. I mean, this the plan. And no, it's like, yeah, if we can't get it with just MCT and CBD oils, like the other plan is, oh, you know, people want omega-3 fatty acids, right? Pair your omega-3 fatty acids with some CBD, and then you sell those to people that are trying to be healthy. Other 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 types of vitamin D mix with CBD, like mix all sorts of other supplements that people want with these things. Create them another uniform pill. Yeah, yeah. Especially Alaska with the vitamin D craze. People are with Alaska. Throw some CBD in there with vitamin Boom. D. You got a whole other market that didn't quite exist before. Yeah, good for you guys. I mean that that's something to be able to see see the forest for the trees, right? Mm-hmm. Like you guys see more of what's going on. Yeah, trying to keep a bigger picture. Because you can't just focus on just my backyard. Well, you could. That's a one business model. I, but it's a yeah, it's a terrible one. So that actually, like, like my whole gain and strive for this, like, a retail license is the only license I want. Like, why? Because, like, <laughs> good example, the thing that you're drinking here, right? It's a niche market for hoodoo beers that are brewed here. But the one license that you have to have in this state, if you want to sell this substance... Whether you bring it in from other places or whatever. Package license or a BDL, right? You have to have the one that goes from the company to the consumer. You want to be able to sell your own product? No. I want to sell everyone else's product. Okay. I'm, I'm not concerned about that. Having a foothold in Alaska means fuck all for manufacturers and cultivators. So anyone that's sitting on manufacturing license, twiddling their thumbs, thinking they're going to be all right, and cultivators doing the same thing. So they're trying, like, I'm getting by, making money or something. Yeah, that shit's going to last for, like, what, maybe five or six years? As soon as that's federally... And the countdown's already started. It's counting down now. And so, like, as soon as it's federally legalized, who's sitting on a massive supply of cannabis and can't move it? Oh, Oregon is. Just import the shit. What's it take to send up a big box of UPS that has, like, pounds of weed in it, right? Fucking nothing. Here's a couple hundred bucks for a package to be sent to me for... Pounds that cost 50 bucks or 150 bucks versus pounds that cost $3,500 or $3,000 here. Yeah, of course it's going to be imported. It's way cheaper to be able to produce all these products somewhere else and then have them come over here. That's why. Even with shipping. Even with shipping. That's why you still have like all of, you know, Jack Daniels and, and Anheuser-Busch and all these things. They're like setting up shop in every state to do it. They go to the cheapest one to do it. Produce all the shit and ship it everywhere across the country. Yeah, low taxes. That's low what's going to happen. So the biggest thing is like, yeah, can I afford to have everything packaged here? Or could I go and make a big, huge warehouse in Arizona where there's no major income tax, there's no major taxes there? I can get all these folks that come from Mexico that want to package things for $2 an hour or something. Like, it would be crazy cheaper to do it on a big scale and ship it up here. So, like, me and as a, as a concentrate manufacturing company, like what we're doing, days are numbered, man. The days are numbered. You sit here and make hay right now, all of sunshine. But as soon as that comes, our clock will be cleaned. Unless we have a retail license, or companies have retail licenses that have the foothold in the established space and own them. And you have the followings that are like, oh, I know I need to go to my retailer. Yeah. How quickly did it take for CBD pills and CBD products to be undercutting us and be imported from other places, right? Every single CBD thing right. comes from another state, most all of them. It's just a matter of time before that's the case with THC, but you need to have a retail license to sell it. So 
having a retail license, and the right spot. Hence the Chili's yeah. building. The location, location, location. Location, location, location is what it's all about. So as soon as that is like, yeah, A, get a retail one here, one that's touristy and makes everyone happy, you know? Like, you got the other avenues that draw more people in than just teach. Just, it's not, hey, this is the spot to just come and get your weed. You can also come and get a coffee. You can come and get another food thing. You can come look at weed if you want to. There are other things that are there to create some draw. And then you have a retail spot and a damn good location. Yeah. And then find another retail spot and a damn good location and a couple of other big spots in Alaska and then go other places and get retail licenses. Because the retail license is the end game. Because that's the only one that's going to matter. And not the only one that's going to matter. I mean, there'll always be niches like, oh, you know, I love my town or company cannabis. I do. Like, oh, that's what I'll go look for. So you know, there's niches for it. But the ones that are like, you know, we just produce a ton of stuff or like hey, everything's pretty homogenous to all the shit that I'm having shipped in from Fat Panda from Colorado or whatever. Uh-huh. And that's fucking problem. So that's the long game. That's where I like I've told people this. Anybody wants to sit down and have a beer with me and talk about it. It's like no, the retail license game is where this market is going and get one in now and get them in a couple of good spots and then start planning your move to other states. And so the whole jam for us, or me, that's the reason to like look for Arizona or other places to set up a big manufacturing facility there. So when the wall hits, you ship it elsewhere. Or the walls drop, you ship them elsewhere. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm picking up I think I know which one you're talking about, though. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was. was, And I do remember Santa Claus being there. Yeah. He's all about, you know, peace and making kids healthy and happy, so. It was a good time. Everyone was friends. Yeah. Yeah. And then money started coming in, right? Well, not not only that, just business becomes business. And, like. Where you get to know more about people and you're hanging out with them more. Yeah, that too. Like, everyone's all like, hey, we're all here. We have a, a unified cause because we love this substance and we know we want this. But yeah, then you do find out about different people and the way they are, you know? Like, some people are like, oh, you're too type A and annoying and want to be right, Sean. So, like, some people don't want to work with that. Mm-hmm. Same deal with, like, some people don't want to work with some people that drop you off on the side of the street. <laughs> so, <laughs> things happen. And, uh, <laughs> and you remember those, right? And you always remember those things. And so, does that person remember? I don't know. We'll see how this I know. Sounds. Sometimes people don't Maybe they'll comment that. in the comments. <laughs> that was me, bitch. Do you remember that? I'm not going to say your name, but <laughs> it definitely is a memorable moment in my life. So, when people act like that or things happen, you know, the way you're treated always has an effect. And so, A, you know, working with us as good titrations and as a business, like most of the time, yeah, we try to be everything professional up front, respond to your questions in a timely manner treat you with respect and stuff but then when other people treat you badly and stuff then you make other business decisions based on how things go and so that's when people's bridges get burned or they feel that they were wronged and so there's always there's a lot of options now right yeah and there is i mean hey there's a lot of concentrate companies now that a are buying a lot of flour at a high price to be able to have something to bite on and some of them are putting out really good stuff too and competing with us on a Crazy level, but price and volume, probably not. Do you do you feel like um like your bottom line dropping? Like a lot. I've talked to different retailers, 
and they talk about when another retail store opens up, they don't feel it. Like they don't feel a drop in their in their price. It always seems like there's enough to support that. And it was a while ago I talked about it. It might be different now. Yeah. But have you? Uh, <clears throat> do you feel it? Because you guys are in almost I mean, every store. I'm, we try to be in every store. Um, I mean, we've been. I think we've sold to eighty different retailers or something crazy. Like how many are there? There's like ninety something. So you're, you're we're like in most. We, we've sold to most of them. What like by saying I've sold to that number of them does not mean that it's a recurring sale. Right. Thing. So like I have an opportunity comes up. Or, yeah. You know, or someone's like, hey, I want to try you, and then we did, and we didn't like it, or something, or we just don't carry you. So there are some of them that have come and gone, and some that you know, based on business relationships, they didn't like how we've had interactions and so we never sold to them again or they've never bought again um but there always seems to be someone else to pick up that slack have you ever felt like uh you lost one and you're like oh shit man that's a big one to lose or no never because yeah. usually usually um it's in a market right where there's um in a, a space that either so for instance let's say fairbanks right at the very beginning of the outset where one person had sold everything at a very cheap price that affected me to have everyone else to not be able to sell to. Well, the question is, if I didn't sell to that one person at all, whatever that sale was, would all the other ones have made up the difference? So it's this weave and flow. So like, okay, if I've lost one in a market that has multiple retailers, not just one retailer, that would be mm-hmm. um, an impossible situation to be able to have the same kind of effect that I'm going to explain. But in this case where you have Say there's 10 retailers or seven retailers here in the area and one of them goes away. Well, if all the other ones are like, oh, well, we just pick up a little bit more sales. It's not that big of a swing. So being able to have the ability to sell to, you know, 50 different retailers on a regular basis, 40 different retailers on a regular basis, it allows for that kind of a thing where, hey, you adjusted and you're not too happy with us right now, then that's fine. Other people pick it up. My biggest problem is actually usually having enough stuff on our menu to sell to everybody. Hmm. So, and I heard you guys went to a really sweet way to order. I mean, yeah, all online. I mean, it's it's a double edged sword, you know. Oh. Yeah. So, given so here's how I like when we started off this uh, business thing. Like, I think we talked. I talked about the every shelf method versus the oh, I'm gonna pick a couple favorite retailers right. in the area. I want you know. To me, a this is why I believe in the free market, because if I go with the every shelf method, right, A, I give everyone an equal chance. If I say, hey, you're a retailer, you have just as much of an opportunity to buy all of our stuff as any other retailer. I'm not going to, like, come at you in any way that's different, or I'm not going to give you any or preferential treatment. Certain so numbers. I've gotten certain retailers to ask, hey, can I get preferential treatment to your menu? No. You don't so you don't, know, you don't offer any preferential treatment right now? No. Awesome. So here you, you, you go. Shit hits at 11. See how much you want to buy, how much you don't want to buy. And uh, so <clears throat> by creating that and putting it out there, you can avoid price fixing to some level. So if I give every retailer the same shake, here's the same price, you all get this opportunity to buy the same price. Well, if, hey, you bought the same product and you happen to be parked right next door to somebody else that bought the exact same product, well, you're going to price it relatively competitively so in a way, part of the reason I've done this is to create an actual marketplace to drive the price down. Because I don't want cult or retailers to like make an obscene profit off of us 
that is like what they won't make off of everybody else. Well, a percentage. You see what yeah. it costs and you know what they're putting it out on the retail. You yeah. know what they're making per gram. Yeah, exactly. Well, and so, yeah, if you keep it competitive or if I, like, if I have it on every shelf method, right? Like you go to every gas station and Coke's going to cost the same thing right. within a couple of cents. And by a couple of cents, I mean like 50 cents or something. You know? right. Like there's a very tight window there. Same deal. Gas is a very incredible homogenous product everywhere. So gas stations are constantly like, it's hard to actually like set up the price fixing mechanism if you're always competing with each other. So it's hard for them to like set a price really high. So if I'm like, Hey, I'm dropping the price of my product, then retailers will typically follow suit if I have them spread across enough retailers. Right. And so with that, a, I can also help influence, make the price drop and stuff. If I'm trying to drop the price, my biggest fear as someone that's business to business is, Oh, I'm going to drop the price, and then you don't. As the retailer, and then you just you're eating the lunch that I just gave you. Like, mm-hmm. fuck you, man. Like the whole point was for me to drop the price was for you to drop the price, so then customers buy it more. So if you don't have it on every shelf method, right, you're not going to be able to do that as easily. You're you're tied to what the retailer is going to sell for, and yeah. you don't have any power in it, yeah, or any or sway. You, in it. you could try, but then. Push comes to shove. That was the only person you were selling to, and now you can't sell anyone. Oh, you got been, a problem. I've so, been in a conversation with that one time. <laughs> Tanner Order Company. Yeah. <laughs> and they were dropping prices on pre-rolls, and the price at the retail wasn't dropping, and they weren't happy about that. They were they were wanting the price to drop at the retail. Yeah. Because they were offering a deal, and they were wanting to get their cannabis out there, and it the wasn't point. dropping. And they were like, well, what's going on? Yeah. Exactly. But hey, if they had those things on every single shelf, and you gave me a better deal, and Whoever the company, for instance, might be the one that's doing the retail, wants to be a thorn and hold the price high. All I'm going to do is like, oh, hey, look over here. Boop, boop, boop. I'm selling it for half the cost of the other person. Right. And you make a move and you make them adjust or pivot or not. It's kind of funny. Like, Or so undercut everyone and you can't sell it to anyone else, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, bad too. Um, But like, yeah. But it's crazy because like I, I, I've never provided an MSRP to people before. Like, I'm like, hey, this is our suggested price for you to sell. And so you get a wide range of what people sell things for. And depending on their market, right? Yeah. Freaking, like, for instance, one retailer, I don't know if I'm going to say the name, but Valdez. No, it's in Anchorage. Sells darts. Those are dart uh-huh. carts. It's like $100 fucking dollars. Oh, shit. I'm like, are you serious? Like, people buy them. Like, <laughs> Well, go for it then, Jesus. I'm like, obviously, you're not one of my main customers, whoever that person was. Are they an exclusive, like a really high-end shop? No. Wow. It, they're not. And it was just like, I got the report back because I sent Henry down to go visit everybody and say, hey, buddy, you know, go talk to people and figure out what's going on. He's like, yeah, this one retailer is selling them for this absurd price. I'm like, And they could pull it off. Like, yeah, I saw they had somebody buy one. And like. They- People are coming in and they keep ordering more? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Save a lot of products sitting on the shelf then. Yeah, bit. it probably sits on there for a while. But like, you know, hey, you got one huge big bang out of it, you know, every now and then. You, you want to mark it up at some crazy high price, that's on you, you know. Right. But then all the other people that are like just right around you are selling them at a more reasonable level, like 70 bucks. And then they're calling you getting restocked and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And other people aren't. So, <laughs> like, that's fine. But my methodology worked. Mentality, I mean, other than every retailer is not always going to, like, go and compete on prices. Some of them will leave things high. But the fact is that the customer has an avenue to go to that's affordable. Good, good, good 
Did you want to talk on the record about um, the black market dig? Black market lives matter. About the black market dig? Well, just that um, that good titrations took a took a hit from the perception. Yeah, you know, that, I, mean, I don't mind talking on the, the record about that. Yeah, the Brandon. <laughs> what what happened with that? He, he's on the MC the CCB. I like to call it Cannabis Control Board, mm-hmm. and there was some. He had said that his his largest competitor was black market. Mm-hmm. I think in the perception of the cannabis community in Alaska, that's where it stopped. People, they heard that. Yep. And they heard the next sentence was something about working with Amco. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it gets muddy. Yeah. Everyone just like, boom, immediately has the whole red flag in front of their face. Rage. What the hell just happened? Well, you think years. narc. You think, uh, a lot of us in this culture now come, f- well, we, we toked before. So it was illegal before. Yeah. We bought it illegally. Um, some of us grew it illegally. Yep. And now we're in this place where some of us have businesses and some of us don't. And some of us are su- successful and some of us aren't. Yeah. And the one, you guys are one of the tops. Yep. So then when you hear that and it's easy, it's easy to attack the top. Yep. From any position, any, when anyone's at the top, no matter who. In any yeah, kind of I hate the New England Patriots. <laughs> like, so what? When he said that, that a lot of people immediately jump to it, whether they're in just yeah. narc and have a bad impression of good titration. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, everyone immediately had a gut reaction to that and saying, "Oh, called the cops or narked me out." Like we never like would ever rat on anybody at all. In particular, we're just saying, "Hey, look at this." Like. You know, if, if I bought an alcohol license, do you enforce bootlegging? Oh, you do, right? You know, I, I can't go and, like, make a whole bathtub of gin and start selling it on a regular basis. And that is where it became kind of a, an issue. And also, choosing wording carefully probably could have been done a little better by, like, the term saying working with enforcement. Like, the situation was that we had just gotten asked from enforcement to provide them videos and stuff like that. Like they come to us at any given moment and say, Hey, we need this information or we need this. Give me all your visitor logs or give me these. It's like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I have to. Yeah, we have to, but that's the whole thing. Like we're here to work with you. Like we're not here to like have you just be our, our people that will come and whip us and pin us to a cross. Like, like we're here to work together. And, but like, I didn't sign on, and we, anybody that has these businesses, I didn't, we didn't sign on to just have a microscope shoved up our ass all the time, and that I'm paying five thousand dollars a year to just be like caught get in NOVs. Oh, and to self-report everything I find. Mm. Oh, hey, let me call you up so you can give me an NOV. Who the fuck does that? Like, why would you? Like, are you kidding me? No. So, like, the idea of, like, that is just crazy to me. And so, like, the idea is that, yeah, okay, if we're going to have a license, it's to protect it for this. And we, like, all of us were in the black market operation before, right? Like, everyone has had their own foray and dabbling in it. And then we agreed, hey, we're going to go to this system. We're going to say, we're going to get out there and fight for signatures and get voters to go and vote for this. We're going to set up this regulatory structure so we can get licenses and stuff, of which Alaska has one of the loosest ones. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny when I, I <laughs> one of my favorite things, the hypocrisy of the world, right, is the folks that are on ACR 
that's you, Adam, and Sean, <laughs> um, is the fact that you guys sit here and hearken and press for testing, for pesticides and more regulations and tighter controls and higher restrictions, yet don't mind the black market being there. That's the thing. You want all these restrictions and regulations, then you should just want to join the foray of the regulations and these licenses. So to me, everyone, everyone, the entire state, all law enforcement, everybody turned a blind eye for years. Like the first couple of years. Here you go. We're going to look away. You magically got plants into your system. Whoa, cool. That's We're not going to ask any questions. We're not asking they questions. They got there the first place. They're good. Y'all are going to be above board. Cool. So all people that fought and drove for this to be able to be legal and licensed, we should go and then go be legal and licensed and follow those rules. And his reaction to the way that he talked about going after people that are in the black market, it's not, it's not people in like, no one cares that you grow six plants in your house or 10 or 15 or whatever. You like have some and you give some to some friends. That shit isn't going to make a massive difference. It's the people that ship in Oregon weed or, and it's less weed. That's why the concentrate companies, manufacturers, are the ones that are fighting more with black market operators than actual cultivators who cultivators have our time producing enough weed for the whole market, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest one is the ones where A, concentrates are by nature concentrated, right? So I can put like a whole pound of a slab of a concentrate into a very small package and send it very easily. Right. Is so do you know that a lot of it's is it coming in that way? Like a lot of um yeah, funny story, actually. So anyway, I'll get to it in just a second, though. But like, the idea is that, okay, you have black market operators and other people, and even legal market operators in Oregon where you can't even freaking move your stuff. I'm going to go sell it to other people in any which way you can. Mm-hmm. But down in there, lower 48, the sun's growing all your plants, and all these things have no major cost to them to have it. And then you just concentrate it down so you can sell it at a much cheaper price. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, the economic angle is always going to be there. <laughs> but so you can have a concentrated, you know, you can get slabs of concentrate for super cheap online and just have it shipped up from Oregon to California or Colorado. Super easy, and it's really easy to do. So that's where the biggest factor comes in for our company. It's not that, like, and it's all an economics game. That's the really the reality of the matter. So, yeah, you can have that shit come in here super cheap and being shipped up. And so people can sell it in the black market very easily. Oh, and everyone's like, well, why don't you just make better products or make them cheaper? You know, that's what I always hear from folks. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I have to buy all my weed on the legal market, right? And there's a huge tax. We have an excise tax. It's a floor, you know, price floor. But we pay a lot more <laughs> than what it takes to even have trim. Trim's freaking given away down in the lower 48. When we were first talking about our expansion and other plans to go to other places, we were reaching out to other licensed people in other states about getting their trim from them. Some of them were damn near willing to give it to us just to have a logo on the package. Oh, shit. So it's like, oh, we could already line up like trim purchases and stuff down there that cheaply. So imagine what it's like on the black market where there's actually no real benefit to having trim. So you sell it to some... Buddy that has a way to process it and factor it down for 50 That's, bucks. I don't think that was... To me, I did not understand that piece. Yeah. I did not understand the piece. For one, I'm not a concentrate guy. I'm more into the flower. Um, 
But the idea to send 50 pounds of flour up. A little more work. Yeah. I mean, what do you know offhand? What would 50 pounds turn into? Uh, In, yeah, about five pounds. Okay. So it's like a 10% thing. Yep. About that. So you've got a five pound slab compared to a 50 pound thing of flour that's going to smell and stink. And then you got one that doesn't smell. Super easy to hide. Yeah, I, I think I I always took it to the because I I know some concentrate makers. Yeah, in town. I that's fine. I don't mind them like making some concentrate out of their home grown. I shit. believe you. Go hobby it up, man. I do all day. You. Like harness it and make it awesome. But the funny thing is, like, so for an instance like this, I actually like just met somebody that I hadn't not ever met before. All right, talking to them, I was like. Doesn't know who I am. I give him a fake name and everything. I'm just not wearing anything that says who I am. He said, "Oh, but do you smoke wax?" I'm like, "Oh, I just might. What do you got?" Yeah. <laughs> like, what you got? He's like, "Oh, you know, like for fifty dollars an ounce, I can get you something." I'm like, oh, really? He's like, "Yeah." Like, how does he process it? Where is it from? He's like, oh, you know, it just comes from Colorado, <laughs> like a different state. And I was like, "Cool, man. Yeah, I might reach out to you for some of that someday, maybe." Up I'm here, like, motherfucker? Are you serious? Yeah, this is here in Fairbanks. I was like, okay. Fifty dollars an ounce. No, five hundred dollars an ounce. Okay. But still. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously it's just coming in and undercutting. And it's like, all right. I mean, I'm not saying who anybody is or anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like putting anything out there. But yeah, it was just like it's funny because you don't know who I am. So it's funny that you offered that to me. And then I just go like your pricing system. And that's just like, all right, cool. But I know it's coming from out of state. I know how easy it is. Yeah, just call you back. And so, you know. He didn't know how it's even made. <laughs> so, like, who knows what else is in it? Or yeah, if there's equal 20 the in that black market shit. Tough. Thing. But I, 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 it's just, the point is, yes, there is this whole illicit substance is way easier to bring that one from out of state. And given the economic aspect of it, it's so much cheaper and so much easier to get it from out of state. And there's no taxes associated with it. And that's the issue, it. coming in from out of state. Yes. You're, you actually had a There was no talk state. of... I, yeah, that's exactly what he was, he was meaning. And we had no, I, I don't care. Like, seriously, you growing fucking 15 plants in your house? Like, big whoop. I mean, maybe. What about you, the people that are growing and making concentrates to sell in the black market? Uh, I don't care. Yeah, I feel, it's small. I feel it's, that from you. It's not a big deal. That's so small. Potatoes. And yeah. most of the time it's probably hobby. Like, the amount you're actually going to get out of all that, right. not huge. I'm not too concerned. It's when you're bringing it in from other states, bringing in cartridges. I mean, I've had people that are in the industry tell me, I just got these cartridges. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You work in this shit. Like, I'm not going to tell who you are or anything. I've never done any of that. But it's like, obviously, it's a slap in my fucking face. Right. And you want me to be doing that, too? Should I, like, play both sides of this fence? No. I'm playing this side because I fought for this side to be legal. I want to follow these rules. I want to be looked at in a good light. I don't want to be making people upset and, like... Getting vitamin E acetate done, folks, and shit like that. Who knows where it comes from? Is it tested? Do you know? Uh, I know. I'm just slinging a cheap dollar. And it's like, that's the thing that gets me. It's like, yeah, I know that a lot of people aren't financially capable to just always buy everything from a legal market. And in some cases, it might absolutely be for medical purposes. But, yeah, you know, it's not there. We're never trying to be like, hey, we're trying to get people that are in the black market here in our community and have, like, done things and grown things. It's the people that are here in our community that are bringing it from other communities out of the state to sell it here just to make profit and to undercut other things. So that's where I think that, yeah, half the market is still, if not more, in the black market and concentrates. Coming from out of state. Coming from out of state. Not the weed industry or the flower, I mean, flower market. 
that one I feel is probably like, you know, it's probably like 20 to 30% of the people that are still black market kind of thing. Smaller, much smaller in comparison to the concentrates because concentrates so much easier to ship. So much it's cheaper in the rice market now than I used to get it. Yeah. Than in the black market. Um, I didn't know a lot of people though either, but um, it's cheaper now. Concentrates aren't. Nope. But it's probably as a result of bringing it in cheap. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, some of it's not though. I mean, the reality is like if you're if you're a home grower, right? You're chilling, you do your own thing. You have a decent size of it. Maybe it's beyond what the legal limit is or whatever. Well, Raven gives you a nice number. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you get six if you get married or two people, and then you have twelve plants. So it's not too bad. But I mean, it's, even it's if you're even if herb, it is a lot. But you, like. You're not like, all right, I'm going to take this trim now and roll joints with it and sell it to people. No, man. You're like, I got trim. What the fuck am I going to do with it? Yeah, blast it. Uh-huh. Do something to make some concentrates out of it. Save so flowers. Yeah. you got other things you can do with it, but you're not like, but you don't have an excise tax. Right. You didn't pay anything to make it into a concentrate. Nope. There's nothing else that's in it other than just the fact that you had it as a waste product in your mind. And so, yeah, you could sell it to black people for really cheap because it's not a big deal. But... For the fact that I, you're not individually packaging everything. It's not all in an individual blister pack. You're not paying someone to package a mass quantity of these things. Right. Paying you're not money. paying overhead to have this. You're not giving them health insurance. Those all cost money. That's why there is a cost associated with it. Right. And I also have to pay freaking $1,000 a pound for trim, not nothing. I, I, I'm, so if you I'm think glad of, I asked. Yeah. <laughs> so you think like, let's say 450 grams, for instance, it's actually 453.25 yeah. minutes or something. But... Um, <laughs> four places. <laughs> Thank you, Grandpa. Yeah. I didn't catch it. Four, five, three. 453.59237. I always do it, but anyway. Um, yeah, so let's say 450. You can get 10% off of it. Uh-huh. So I got 45 grams that cost me a thousand bucks. That's just the raw material cost. Right. That's not even all the packaging. What's the cheapest you've, you've spent that cheapest? you've paid for a pound of weed in the, in the direct market? Three seventy-five or four hundred. It's not as cheap as I would think. Well, that covers taxes, huh? Taxes two forty. So out of some of those people, they got pretty pinched. Yeah, but they're eh, it sucks, but they're happy to get something. Yeah, and they well, hate you for it, don't they? Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I had one cultivator come by. He's <laughs> like with his failed stuff because it's failed. You can't do anything with it now. So I was just Scott. Aspergillus or whatever, and it's failed. Faster Aspergillus. Oh, damn it. And I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm like, loading up. He's like, vultures, you are. Vultures. <laughs> it's like, God. Sorry, man. You know, like, I just. <laughs> hey, I we're the one stop shop. We got, we can take care of it. You want to monetize it. This is a way to monetize it. Right. I can understand. I remember one of his first meetings and one of Brandon's comments was, I'm going to take everything you guys can't use. And he didn't quite use that word, but. He's like, I'm gonna take all your shit and turn it into gold. <laughs> and that doesn't rub people very well. It did. <laughs> Everyone just, but it was, it was truth. And I, no, it, because I think originally people thought, wait a minute, you're saying we're growing shit? Yeah. But yeah. it was anything that doesn't go good, and I'm gonna be yeah. able to take care of everything. Don't worry. Yeah. It's gonna be copacetic. Oh, I got you covered, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, when things are bad, you know, like, you are the, the, the shop one, like, hey, you know, something fails, like, that was a big win um, with Amco as being able to, like, process failed stuff. 
Like, cause at first they're like, nope, you can't even do that. So we weren't hitting that for a while. But then after we're like, nope, yep. When we put this through the system, here's all the test results after it, Erica. And they, I made sure to get microbials and everything. So you know that it's been remediated and it's fine. She was gung-ho on that and accepted it. And so then, hey, just got to get approvals. I understand using uh, pesticides and things on your product to fix uh, fix problems. Yeah. And that's what I really appreciate about a regulated market. That... To avoid on test for pesticides. Yeah. Or fungicides, you know, any of those We things. expect that it's that it's safer than... The honor system, man. We believe in the honor system. I Do you mean, think it's more honorable than it was? Got yeah, it, right? Obviously. Yeah. There's a camera watching you. Oh, okay. So, so like you have to you got the sense that like, oh yeah, at any moment, like unless you're like intentionally like setting something up or like being really meticulous about hiding things or something, like people are gonna see you spraying things. You're supposed to technically provide a list of all the things that you've used as new, To the retailer. To to or whoever buys or, it. Yeah, whoever buys it. To me too also. You're supposed to say what's in it. I mean, fucking hilarious. I've gotten it from like three different cultivators, maybe. <laughs> like most of them don't. So it's just like, oh, it's one of those things that just nobody really seems to follow or care to terribly much. Because it doesn't matter at your point, right? It all it, it, well, it gets does. cleaned up. It, no. oh, it does? Uh, there's certain things, yeah. If uh, you have bad pesticides or bad fungicides, I'm concentrating down most of those. So like... Yeah, Eagle 20. I mean, if that common collective shit's a real deal, then I would like to have like my distillate or something that I've got that's just purely theirs. It was all theirs. Because, I mean, things like I got packages on hold from them, from things that just minorly touched it. Yeah, so, like, like oh, here's like two grams. So, like, for instance, I'll just give you a little rundown of how it works here at a concentrate facility. So, like, what happens is <clears throat> you blast something down into a collection plate, right? And so you'll scoop everything out that you possibly can out of that collection plate. But there's shit still sticking on the side of that collection plate. How much gram-wise, you know, it's a little hard to tell sometimes. But you make an estimate, estimation. And so then you go and put that in an ethanol bath, clean it out, boom, goes into ethanol. You could do that multiple times. So I could have five grams, two grams, three grams here and there. And then I have the same deal with packaging team. So my packagers are sitting there. Packaging all these individual items, right? And then you end up with like a little bit of crumble, a little leftover stuff. It doesn't quite make grams or mm-hmm. just a little bit. Tiny little bits of crumbles that aren't package worthy. Throw that shit in an ethanol bath. And so then you'll just, you'll have like the, uh, this big, big collection mat of different con- cannabis concentrates, a bunch of small things. Mm-hmm. So I'll have a production batch from a bucket now that I'll end up after it's been filled up for a bit with a bunch of those little things of multiple grams that I can now go and re-refine it again, bound to a distillate. So you have mainly just THC there, add back terpenes to give it flavor. And now I have a distillate that has a harvest list of like, you know, 17 different cultivators possibly mm-hmm. or more. Right. There's just a big wide spectrum of like two or three, five grams of all this different little shit. And so, you end up with one of those common collective ones. <laughs> and that whole bucket's now on hold because there possibly was Eagle 20 in the two grams out of the 700 grams or whatever. What percentage of your inventory was held up? Oh, very minimal. That's good. Yeah, we don't work a ton with them. 
Yeah, they didn't. It's lucky for us they didn't make it up here too far, right? I mean, there's not many stores I knew that had them. Um, Good sense. Did they? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, because uh, I've um, never refined bought a lot. So you got to think about the, all the people that flow out. So every package ever from Calling Collective is on hold. All of them. Every, every, every package. Oh shit! Anything that I've had shipped from 2017 that I bought from or whatever, like all that would be on hold. And so the ripple effect of no matter how many little tiny grams went anywhere, affected. So like I sold some till they start distillate. I sold some distillate to um, Great Northern Manufacturing. It's called Northern, the brand. But anyway, they make the chocolates and stuff. Northern exposures, Northern something or other. All their packages that they made all those food items from, from the thing that I made just a little bit of distillate from that, all got put on hold. So that shit rippled across. So like all the time. And that has a, does that have, does edibles have like a shelf life? Some of them do. I mean, it depends if you, if you say that they do, then they do. I mean, the reality is a lot of them don't. I mean, a lot of like the best buy dates and shit that are on food and things are all bullshit. Same deal with what you say here. I mean, obviously, hey, here's like fresh banana bread, like frozen buns a lot of time and it's all moldy. Yeah, it's just going to mold eventually. It ain't shelf stable forever. Right. Obviously, it's going to have an issue. But, you know, then there's other things that will be like shelf stable for damn near infinitum, like gummy bears and shit like that. Like gummies, like that thing's going to hold for a long while. But there's other things, you know, everything's perishable at a certain right. time. But, um, yeah, so they have all their edibles on hold. And that, so that ripple effect hit. So anywhere that Calming Collective sold for concentrate manufacturing, same thing happened. So, hey, they're in the valley. Well, Talkeetan is not far from the valley. So Refine bought a lot of their stuff, too. So a lot of Refine's cartridges and things like that ended up on hold. One other companies that bought Calming Collective stuff. Now, Calming Collective, or Ron, for instance, is out there hunting for flour to put in his retail store to keep that thing floating. Because... He can't have sell any of his own stuff. Oh man, and that's tough when you're. Uh, well, he's not. He's not vertically integrated. He's just got the two. Well, yeah. I mean, that's vertically integrated in some respect. Yeah, I suppose. I always think of it being that triple, the triple, the triple threat. threat. Yeah, the good. Right. Yeah. Good cannabis. I still buy darts though. <laughs> and that's still around, huh? The darts. The darts. They are not discontinued. Just for clarification. Oh shit. Yeah. Because in some places in town, it, it is saying on the menu that they're discontinued, huh? Yeah, and one of them. Yeah. Yeah, like because the last, um, I think I was here with Pearson, and I was talking to you about are they going to be are they going to continue to be around for long? Because I like the way they hit. I haven't bought one yet. I'm just like I'm not a uh, concentrate person necessarily. Yeah. It just seems so expensive for me. I mean, yeah. just to get into it, and um, they're pricey. But the darts are—they're still around, huh? Yeah, they're still around, still pumping them. Um, you know, offering discounts to certain retailers for batteries and stuff for things here and there. Um, definitely trying to get them out. We're putting—we still hold the mentality of like putting our highest tested oils in there. So anything that's over eighty-nine or ninety will be in those guys versus okay. like the other ones. So it's kind of one way to differentiate it and also to add to the value, saying right. that this is why I charge more for it. Like I charge a little bit more for those versus the regular cartridges because they're unique. You know what right. I mean? Like, here. Well, I, I, I like that uh, marketing aspect you guys taken. I mean, you put out that word. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't fit in everything else. It's, it's, clearly, it's clearly, you know, not the greatest thing that consumers, co- consumers and other advocates are, you know. They bitch about that being a proprietary aspect, mm-hmm. which is reasonable. I mean, I'd bitch too right. if I was a consumer, but hey, 
at the same time. No, you created your tool to. There's an avenue for it. There's a reason to be the only one in the state. I mean, that was that was a driving factor in my decision to go with them because a you got to buy X number of them or whatever. But then they were gonna like allow another company in the state, and we're like, nope. Like to have us do it, we have to be the only one in the state. So like in other states, there's like three. You know, and depending on the population of the state, it affects how many they permit to be given to different manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah. We just got that one. We're the only one in Alaska. Awesome. But then, yeah, we're shopping around to get the other ones in other states so we can (laughs) go go elsewhere with it. What's the new... You alluded to a spray. Is that like a new product coming out? Good titration? Yeah. Is that out yet? Or is that- nope. It's not out yet. So, okay, yeah. So, there's three main products that are pretty exciting that are coming here really soon. And so, one, yeah, the gel caps. I already discussed that being edibles. Right now, you saw the pill size already. Mm-hmm. Kind of like fairly decent size. It's not mm-hmm. small. Like, I was... When we were, they're smaller than I was expecting. I'm expecting this like uh, the dual capsule put together, but these yeah, are yeah, that absolutely is the biggest problem. That's what I hated the most about this, and why we've delayed so long. I'm not like we're not gonna like put out a product that is not how we intended to be the finished product, or you know, I don't want to be sitting there putting people with you know pipe headers in little capsules and trying to do it by hand forever, or even to start that way. Mm-hmm. Not my plan at all. Um, I want to do it right out the gate so that's going to be one of the major products but the point is that we're going to actually so you saw the size of them mm-hmm. we're actually getting new dyes because i actually thought the size was going to be smaller so when we bought those ones we i had thought my mindset was vitamin e pills those tiny little things right oh, yeah. so imagine you get a little container and each one of those is five milligrams you can knock 10 of those back pretty easily so that's kind of the jam on the whole thc thing you pop all Freaking 10 if you actually are the person that needs a five milli- 50 milligram dose. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're not going to just put out just five milligram ones. There's going to be two and a half milligram ones and one milligram ones. So there's a lot of people that I know that really enjoy microdosing this. Mm-hmm. And so rather than being like, oh, I'm going to be trying to consume five or 10 milligrams at a time, they're like, nope. Like other companies in Colorado and places, they have mints that are like one and two milligrams. And they're the jam. Oh, like yeah. Moxley, Moxie. Or yeah, exactly. Moxie mints. Yeah. And so uh, um, that's one of them. So yeah, exactly. Doing that with the pills, that's one avenue. Now, the other thing that we have, the sprays and the doobie drops, they call them doobie drops because it's, um, it's a drink additive. Ooh, I so, like. So basically. was that? Powder? No, it's a fluid. So I showed you that machine, the, the I showed you one that makes it, I said, water-soluble, right? Right. So the can of spray, where you can have sprays, where it's going to have a cherry flavor and a mint flavor. Just like... And a plain no flavor. Candy, but that kind of... Like banaka, you know, kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, like a flavor. And spray, um, and so it'd be 50 <laughs> milligrams in that six milliliter quantity. So you'd have a spray where it'd be 50 milligrams. If you wanted to dump the whole thing... You could. The unflavored one added to your drink and have 50 right away. But the doobie drops are going to be unflavored. This one's going to be, instead of being a spray where it's like measured for that, comes in a little container like this. And inside is effectively like uh, super glue containers and one milliliter containers where you can just open up the end and pour it into anything. 
Mm-hmm. And so those pretty, like, pretty fluid. It's or gonna thick. be it, no, like water, water almost. Yeah, it should be that liquid. This is water soluble. So you take one of those things, drop it in your beer. You can have one, you can drop all of them in your beer if you want, or you're like, oh no, I only need three of these. You know, I need my 15 milligrams. The shit will hit you in 10 or 15 minutes. How? Explain that to me. Because, like I was saying earlier, it usually takes me about three hours for yeah. an edible. Like, yeah. I notice, mm-hmm. really, three hours. Yeah, three hours because so it's fat-soluble. Okay. So now it's water-soluble. It's the same effect as you drink in your beer. It's going to be absorbed in your stomach and small intestines at a much faster rate. And it will be um, transmitted throughout your body way quicker. Awesome. It is then awesome. That, that makes sense. To have in an on-site consumption place. It would make sense then. And so we've got some other fun things coming. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I, I think that the one avenue of putting, I've seen, I don't know what the brand is, but uh, it's a powder. And they're putting it in everything. It's not in Alaska, but it's just. And it's in a THC pattern? Yeah. And oh, it's wild. just putting it in everything. They're putting it on their drinks. Is it, is it, is it um, water soluble though? Don't know. Hmm. See, that'd be the thing. If you like put it in your drink and it's like, I guess it would have to be. And, like see like these clumps of fat and it takes mm-hmm. three hours to hit. I would still be a little dissuaded by that. But for me, and our, our plan with the whole water soluble one, you can, like, to me, what always surprises me is the folks that are like, oh, I'm going to create a soda that you're going to love more than Coke, right? Or like there's going to be this flavor of something that I'm going to do great at. And like, right. I'm not trying to win over a freaking flavor. Like people like their Red Bulls or they like their coffee or they like their whatever. Right. Put it in anything you want. Yeah, put it in anything you want. <laughs> Market it as like, make your beer be special beer. Like make your, your Mountain Dew have an extra Magic kick. Magic Mountain you know? Dew. Dude, yeah. Like why? Why am I going to try and like come up with all these flavors and hopefully make sure that I figure out what you want to have as a flavor? You have 750,000 people here in the state. There ain't no way you're going to like accommodate all of them. Or you're going to make a product that makes everybody happy. But if you have something that has no taste and it's water soluble, you can add it to anything you want. There you go. I know my wife does not, she does not enjoy the can of taste yeah. in edibles. I do. Because I think it goes back to that black market world of you know it's good. <laughs> you know something was in there. There's actually some flavor. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like right. if I'm buying a brownie, I don't taste any can and I'm like, um, wait a minute. <sighs> yeah, what the hell happened here? But now this new market of they're oh, kind of going fish that out. Yeah. Yeah, I can clean it up and here's the distillate that makes it so it doesn't have that real super can of flavor to it. I don't know, I have it now refined in a water soluble solution that is does not have a flavor. I can add it to any beer. Like, you have no idea. Like, when we were first talking to one of the other companies that we had an investment in for a little bit and talked to them, how we got into, like, the right vape cartridge space and talked to them, they helped us a little bit along the way. But down there, we were sitting there celebrating their their buyout or being bought out by somebody huge. And uh, they had these little vials that are just, like, five milligram guys. Add them to any drink you wanted. And, like, that was the jam. So I added that shit to one of my beers when I was in Las Vegas. and just, like... It hits in 10 15 minutes, and you felt hot. It was fucking hell. Yeah, I felt hot. <laughs> One of the slight buzz from the beer, too. Like, everything was just like chill. Yeah, this is like this would revolutionize stuff. And I, I really in, I enjoy uh, alcohol THC buzz. Yeah, like, oh, I, especially edible. Like, yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, I've had my own paranoid edible experiences. But oh, edibles, they can fuck me up. I mean, I, the, I definitely remember one time I was talking about today with a friend that you. I had to convince myself that this is just pot. 
Yeah. I know this is just pot. Yep. I remember sitting back in my chair and just falling back through my chair. Yep. Just like trying to swim back up. And okay, this is just pot. You've been here a million times. I'm going to live. <laughs> this this won't kill me. Yeah. yeah. And those moments are scary. Like, it's like, I've had that kind of experience. And so, like, that's the one huge tip of the head. And we're sort of, not going to say experts, but familiar. Yeah, we're very familiar with it. And, like, I mean, it's still get scared. And, and it's still like, oh shit, like, my heart seems to be racing. And, like, what the fuck? You leased this, bro? Like, no, no one laced it. Why would they give you extra drugs for no reason? Like, <laughs> no one's lacing anything. Stop with that. Like, the reality is that, yeah, you're just having a bad experience, man, and you're going to be fine. Like, no. you're not going to die. Don't call ER. Don't, yes. like, don't go do anything crazy. Just relax. Take a deep breath. But that's the thing is, like, you, like... The benefit to having it be in a regulated market is the fact that it's tested and you have an idea of the THC content. Because, like, that's the other thing, too. It's like, hey, how are these? And, like, I'll be, like, buying black market edibles from friends. Or, like, somebody's like, hey, I got this for you, you know? I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, you know what kind of, like, the range is? And they're like, nope, not at all. I'm like, oh, fuck, all right. Just eat it and let's hope that it's going to be all right, you know? Like, and yep. that's not cool. You have no idea. What, you don't know that I'm getting served a 50 milligrammer or a 150 milligrammer. And, like, even the people that do know what they put into it, they don't know. Percentage. How good their tea, their, no. their weed was, or how long they cooked the butter for to actually like and extract I, everything. I think a lot of people that I've talked to, they always assume their wheat's twenty percent. Yeah, right. Yeah, and there you know it's not. I know. Well, it depends on which lab you go to, right? Ow! There's the one in uh, Ketchikan now that like everyone's joining the thirty percent club off of. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's certain numbers that you start getting to. What? There was someone that said something. It was like a 50%. And I was like, shut the hell up. Yeah, that's not. That's impossible. And then, but it's like, it's at the same time. It's like, like, as a company that we are, right? We go to the lab that's going to do good. Right. In that I understand regard. that. Like, it's. But the, old, the reason is, is that it's not that I trust any which one over any other. They're approved. They're approved. They're the 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 hoop that my company has to jump through. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like I was talking to other concentrate companies, other manufacturers, and so when Fat Labs was temporarily on hold, suspended, or whatever you want to say, Fairbanks Analytical Testing, not Fat Labs, but um, other concentrate companies are like, "Well, how are you dealing with this?" Like, um, you know. Are you like just not selling your product or whatever? I'm like, no, I just sent it to the other testing facility. Oh, but their tests are way off. They're so low. I'm like, I don't give a shit. You make the same product. It's the same thing every time. Like, if I'm making a distillate and over find it down to distillate and it's been double passed through, that shit is going to be right around the same range every time. There's not going to be like some major swing. So when someone is in the bud tender, you need to tell your people to explain this to customers. That the test is just different for a different place. If I take it to cam test, whatever, I'm going to end up in the high 60s to low 80s for distillate. If I take it to fat labs, it's going to be in the high 70s to low 90s for distillate. A whole 10 factor off, at least. Same product. I can take them to both places and get different and get the different things. Have you done that? No. Okay. Um, no, I have not. Um, because I know exactly what that will be the case and I don't know how 
they're going to average them or if I can like send one off without putting it in metric and stuff like it's just yeah. it's all more complicated than I care to like try and go and dabble in um, but, but I do seen. know it and like because of the biggest thing is like if you go at the beginning you go look at uh, our concentrates like hard concentrates when I say that um, like waxes and shatters and stuff you go and get those you'll see that our test results are like 60 to 70% THC well, if I go and I take that and I refine it down and I'm extracting off the other waxes and other plant plastics and things that are left behind in that process, and I refine it all out and make it into a distillate, and my test result didn't increase much, that's fucked up because that's not actually how it's going. Right. So, like, I know that that's off. Like, however that one's being done, like, for instance, this new Mark can test, that is, like, way impossible there's no way i would be getting the same result or like really close to the same result for a distillate that's been so refined down and a hard concentrate in the form of shatter that has all those lattice structures that still make it be able to make it shatter and crumble in a hard space there's no way there's other things in there that are no longer now in the distillate that should be a higher test so when i get a low test from him on the distillate one i know it's not probably accurate the first one or the second one? The second one, the more refined one. The first one I could believe, being 60 to 70% for, for, <laughs> okay. for shatters and waxes. Right. I could believe that. I cannot believe that it's only like 70% or 80%. So what's happening? I don't know. I think that they're not calibrating the machine for the test beforehand. Because I think you need to like... <clears throat> I think that there's... From when I'm reading about it or I've done my little bits of research on this matter is that there is um, a range that you need to pre-program the machine for to be like, hey, I'm looking for this in this space. Dial it in from there. Dial in from a thing. Like, obviously, oh, if I'm putting flour into the thing, like, it's going to be between, you know, 10 and 30, 10 and 40, you know? Mm -hmm. So you got to, like, look for a certain range. So when you put it in a concentrate one, you need to look for a certain range. And so if you have it programmed to look in a certain small one or whatever, I think that that's been driving those ones down while other ones like Fat Labs, theirs is more driven up. So when they like, I sent them an edible, like there was a product that I was like, Hey, this is going to be for an edible. We didn't tell them that because I didn't think about telling them that in the first place, just test it, you know, and it gave them some skewed weird result because they were thinking about Measuring it as a concentrate. Look for it in a high range. But it was like not even detectable. Because yeah, I'm trying to make it at five milligrams a dose or whatever. I'm trying to make it small. Because it's been like that for the purposes of putting it in pill. And so, like, oh, we better go and reprogram it for the edible range. Oh. So it's like, oh yeah, retest it under the edible range. So when you have these set of parameters. So if Malagoti or whomever, whatever, says, oh, this is a concentrate. And you think of it as like, oh, this is the range it needs to be in, regardless of whether it needs to be a distillate or um, a hard concentrate. If you think of them as the same, then maybe you'll get like similar results or something. And that has to be in this narrow window versus, nope, this is a distillate and stuff. It's more refined. It should be in a higher range. Or like whoever right, the scale shit like users, their little like machines are tweaked. That's my perspective on how this is all wrong. It makes sense. Messed, messed up. But 
And you're seeing it right from those numbers. I mean, you know what the number's supposed to be. It should be a relatively good idea. And so, like, yeah, when other people are like, oh, well, I'm not going to, like, send my stuff there because I don't want to have a low result. It's like, no, dude. I don't have the, um, the, uh, what's what I want to say? The ability, you know, the, the business ability to just be like, nope, we're going to put all our sales on hold until some, like, lab opens up again. No, we need to sell that stuff. And so I need it to go to any lab that's available. I don't care what the result is. You're still going to sell the stuff. People are still going to come buy it. They're going to need it because there's no other results that are going to come up there. They're suddenly crazy high because the other lab's closed. So yeah, the market changes. There's different tests for different places. So it's hard too. I mean, that's another thing that's also disturbing about the whole testing thing. And so like, it's like, let's say I have a product or a distillate. I'm selling it to a manufacturer that also makes edibles. I'm telling them, hey, this is how much THC is in this distillate. And so they're going off of that to go and make their edibles. So if it has a thousand milligrams, they can make two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. You can make two hundred units, right? Or if then they go and take it to the other testing facility and now they find out that the test was way off before because it was too high. So now edibles coming in below four or something, you know, then you could have a problem. So it's like, man, it's like this whole testing thing can become a real issue. And so for us and the reason that I'm like, no, we're testing everything before we put it in the pill form and stuff because I'm going to put a whole vat of stuff in there and just crank out thousands of pills. All that shit comes out wrong, fucking all to the trash now, right? So you got to test it beforehand and then make sure you take it to the same lab to test it afterward. <laughs> or else you could have a huge skewed situation. Well, uh, my uh, my friend used to work, uh, he used to pump gas when I was 16. And he, we were being 16, trying to figure out our gas mileage. And he says, you got to go to the same pump every time. And you got to have the same person pump it every time. Because they do it different. Everything's different. That's that's science. That's scientific method, right? That is. It's yeah. taken out all your factors. There's no yeah. variables for change. Yeah, there, that's a huge factor. I mean, like, it's a, it's an interesting position that he has on the whole pumping thing. So, like, for me, well, and you're sixteen. Where we at? Um, Pennsylvania. You can pump your own gas, though, right? This when I was sixteen. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think this one, this was one of those garages, you know, where the old men are sitting out front. Yeah. And you pull up, ding ding, oh, and old, come and do it, comes yeah. out, and he work, his dad's went about, to the vets. And yeah. I was thinking about Oregon for some reason to where uh, you know you're not allowed, allowed to, to. Yeah. right? Yeah, if somebody else has to pump your gas, which is freaking absolutely ridiculous. But keeps the job, right? Jesus, <laughs> fucking job protectionism. That's a whole other government position. Well, that's gonna be automation. Right What's gonna happen with that, right? Right. Well, when I talk about automation, like our world's changing. That's why Andrew, I mean, Andrew Yang. Yang is on something. Man. That universal base income is um, actually a, a position I agree strongly with. Uh, me too. Because it's it's going to happen, man. As soon as truck drivers, like you talk about how many people are employed oh, by being yeah. a truck driver, and you automate that. All right, all right, Sean. Let's let's shut this down and keep on talking, to Andrew Yang. When we when we when okay, we just... we'll, we'll bring that one back up. How are we going to wrap this up? How do, how do we... Like, I was trying to think about that. Like, what would be a good wrap-up point to make? It's like... Let me see if I got any good questions. Yeah, what do you got? Wind up. 
I asked. I mean, that was tough on the Brandon. Oh, yeah. Which I totally said it's fine on the. No, no, you. Did. It was good. I think it needs to be. It needs to be addressed more. Just it needs to be addressed. Yeah. From a because you mentioned asking me that question back in the day, like when it first hit, you were like, "Yo, you want to come on the show and ask about it or talk about it?" And I was like, "Yeah, I could be into that." And then like it fell off or I got busy or something. But like, yeah, it's a thing where yeah, we all agreed to this whole deal. Like, you be in the black market for other things because they're still illegal. <laughs> but you know, and like the whole small market barter system, totally cool. You shipping things in from out of state, I'm not cool. With I, 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 I didn't appreciate that much. I, 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 I didn't even think about that part because I'm not in the concentrate world. Yeah. So I didn't think about. Yeah, I, I even thought about people sending up bud to turn into concentrate. I never thought about concentrate just coming up, which is yeah. stupid. No, I hey. about that. Yeah. Just my so much easier to that. ship, right? <laughs> Same deal. Break it down. Same. That's the whole reason that like. Uh, that's a big factor for other uh, retails even here is the ability to transport concentrates in concentrated form and then package it at retails in order to sell it. So Just selling breaking it up. Yeah, because it's so much easier. So like, for instance, I mean, little glass jars that we, I mean, you know, consume a lot of concentrates, but like, hmm. we have lots of glass jars that right. take up a lot of space or, you know, packages and other things like that that take up a ton of space. Once you put it into a package, but if I like that bag of pills down there, boom, here's one freaking Ziploc bag, just an ass load of pills versus that would be multiple boxes of uh, pill containers, yeah. you know, little bottles, pill bottles. And so it's like the packaging thing becomes like difficult. It's only majorly difficult because you got to get on a damn airplane in Alaska to go anywhere. So I can only stuff so many duffel bags in the form of carry-ons because I can't check the shit because it technically has to go on your person the whole time when you are manifested with it. So, huge win for retailers, really, by allowing manufacturers to sell bulk manufactured goods to retailers. You weren't allowed to, in the beginning, sell that way? Or what do you no. say? Yeah, you can. I couldn't just be like, hey, here's a slab. You package it up and sell it. And I still won't. <laughs> like, even though it's an, an option, like, I mean, and I've had multiple retailers and other people that are like, oh, like, can we, you know, just package it in our own, or can you just sell me this in a big slab and I can just package it up? And I'm like, no, like, like we're trying to sell our brand. We're trying right. to like say, hey, I hear we manufactured this. You didn't process it down here with us. You grew it. Yeah. Give me that. Like, there's other things. It's like you're just trying to edge me out of your business. I'm not fond of that. You respect the fact that you had to come to me, <laughs> come to us to process it because you don't, you're not processing these things. Slapping your name on, and, you just, and you're not like not, yeah, and they just put their name in their own packaging and stuff. And so, there's plenty of manufacturers that are going to do that, and they have done that. They're like taking co-branding to the next level, where the packages almost all the other companies brand, and they just have like a little note that says manufactured by us. Right. And it's like, what's well, the difference between business model, right? You yeah. guys are. Trying to go national big time. Yeah. I'm and trying. some people don't even understand what that means. Right. Some people are just trying to get <laughs> buck for right now just to get by. Or like just, hey, I'm going to get my investment back and then I have a job that I like doing this. Yeah, working in cannabis business. It's like, yeah, cool. But like I, like I have shareholders to answer to. Man. Like we sold them the idea of trying to achieve a national level deal. And also with the idea of like, I mean, anyone that's like trying to actually create a business and sell it, you're giving them an exit. You're trying to tell them, hey, this is it. Like, 
people that like started Microsoft, um, you're going to own Microsoft the rest of your life, or are you going to eventually like sell it and get your money and do something else? Yeah. Right. Like there's, there's an angle where everyone wants an exit. So especially like VCs and other investment ilk, they want to see where they're going to get their dollars in five to 10 years. And so, yeah. Hey, we're going to become this little cash cow in Alaska and just generate cash every year for you a little bit, you know? No. Like, the big plan is to be bought out by someone else that's bigger or be the other one that's buying people out and being, you know, enough that you're actually in the space and you make enough money that those kickbacks on a dividend level are worth their while versus one big payout. This is what one. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Where is Sean Tacky going to be in 10 years? <clears throat> Sean Tacky in 10 years, man. <sighs> Depends enough to get us out of that 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 window of possibly yeah. being bought out. Yep. So the ten Sean Tacky in ten years. I am hoping to still to be a, a public official. I, I have like my aspiration of being on the borough assembly was just like wet in your beak kind of thing. The beginning. The beginning. Like I've always wanted like a po- politics and like helping shape our community policy and policies and things like that. Like that's huge factor. I mean, I'm not the greatest probably politically on being everybody's buddy and stuff. Cause I'll just tell it like it is sometimes, but I think that's also the same breath of fresh air in a lot of respects. That's what you were asking about. <clears throat> Trump. That's kind of the, the auspices of why he got in there. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, just, he's just going to say whatever, you know, not, I'm not going to be f- falling all over myself and making fun of retarded people, but like <laughs> I'm definitely like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not doing that. But like, I'm going to like, just like, yeah, man, like if that just seems absolutely asinine, then I'm going to tell you that it seems crazy. Like, why would I not? So like when, yeah, like people get like too far on the left in certain respects, it becomes an issue. Two people get too far on the right. It becomes an issue. Like there was a golden time in our history when there wasn't the internet to create silos of people's ideas. That we can all communicate and you, like, have a little bit of back and forth. It's called, um, shoot, what can I say? Discourse. Not discourse. Yeah, well, you should have discourse without a doubt and and respectful dissent, but there is compromise. There's like, yeah, this is an area where we could give a little give. And you can say, yeah, we have a little give here. We can meet in the middle to actually make things happen and have budgets passed and not everything is a freaking crisis or the government's going to shut down every year. Like, that aspect is a big factor in my mind. But so, I want to continue doing that. So, if, you know, everything goes swimmingly with the business, and in 10 years this thing's off on its own coaster, then yeah, possibly go to law school to go and get my own JD uh, out of my own auspices without, like, major pressure to, like, have an income of some kind, you know? Obviously, I need to have everything else lined out in that regard. But then the other parts of Sean Tacky would be, yeah, I want to be public servant in some other elected official capacity, either being like in Juno or something else. Oh, nice. I, I want to be there to like help serve people, use my policy wonkiness for a good thing, you know? Um, but at the same time, you know, telling it like it is, just being the, the blunt person that says, hey, we all deserve our freedoms, but we all realize that there is a balance between government and, and capitalism thank you sean tacky for joining us <laughs> yeah thank you i appreciate it very much Fond for being here. hey hey thank you for joining us on far north tokers you can find more episodes of this time capsule of alaskan cannabis on soundcloud and itunes check us out on facebook 
Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. Here's Token. When I told you it's, I can easily see going three hours, you yeah. look like you couldn't Sorry. believe it. But. <laughs>